0: Hello, my name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast with me and Mr. Jason R.J. McMaster. Ooh, R.J., Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Did I get it wrong? Yeah, no, RJ's right, yeah. It's not just you and me this week, Jason, RJ, McMaster. We have with us, so I'm going to tell you this guy's name, but then I want to promptly jump to what I want to call him. And this is one of the reasons I've been looking forward to him joining us, because I already have what I want to call this guy picked out. So our guest we have with us today, Joel Dean. Joel, thank you for joining us. How do you do, gentlemen? Now, you are – you post on the forums as – I don't even know really what to do with this uh, – DJ South Carolina Man. <laughs> is that kind of close?
1: Wow. Um, I always thought of the nickname as sort of an area of effect nickname, but I never thought about South Carolina.
0: How is it an area of effect?
1: Does that do well, like splash damage? Yeah, it does do splash damage. It's um – um. You know, it's uh, it's a long story, and some of it is really boring. So if you have, like, a gong show noise, um, you can just <laughs> tap that when you get bored. Um, yeah, it's kind of a silent D at the start. Uh, you can pronounce it JISC-man, if you care, for, uh, care to do so, or you can count it DJ, South Carolina man. Um, it's kind of an acronym, but, like I said, long, boring story.
0: It looks like it's missing vowels, so what I would like to do... Uh, is skip over it now your name is joel dean spell for us your last name because i think people hear that and they're thinking d-e-a-n so that's a common fallacy
1: uh there is an h in there uh, d-e-h-n silent h um Mm -hmm. but if if it is mispronounced as den or dane that's okay too there's people who pronounce it that way
0: okay well here's what i want to do with your name and uh I feel like I've known you from the forums long enough that I can take this liberty right out of the gate. Uh, I And if I was hanging around with you, I would be doing this right or left. You, to me, are Jay Dean. Huh. All right. Yeah, I can go with that. <laughs> because that's kind of like like James Dean, right? Isn't that like a cool thing to be called? I, I wish I could be called that. Or Geraldine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Jay Dean from Minneapolis, uh, thank you for joining us. Before we jump to our regular format, couple of things. Uh, I recently saw a movie in which Minneapolis was struck by a global pandemic, and I just want to make sure you guys are okay out there right now. <laughs> um,
1: I think there's some tickles in the backs of our throats. Uh, there's this weird weather thing where we've dropped about 30 degrees, um, but so far we haven't started dying yet.
0: Okay, good. Hang in there. And uh, I haven't
1: seen that movie yet. Uh, you're talking about Contagion, right?
0: Correct, yes. Uh, I don't necessarily recommend it, but your city is featured prominently in it, so... Well, we are proud of when our cities are
1: mentioned, our states are mentioned, the people who are actors in movies who grew up here are mentioned, so I think I feel obligated to see this movie now.
0: What movie or movies have put Minneapolis on the map? Ooh, well, uh Fargo
1: Springs to Oh right, right, right. Yeah. I believe uh Millennium, um, which came out a long time ago. Uh that, that Minneapolis is in there um oh yeah
2: yeah you mean the movie or the, the show the tv the,
1: show? the the movie with like time travel yeah. And airplanes.
2: yeah where, the plane thing yeah i remember that
1: yeah so every time and again uh minneapolis is featured and we're happy about that mm-hmm. it's our claim to fame sort of
0: now i want to posit a new movie about minneapolis Dean, and you will be featured as one of the two leads in this movie Awesome. So let, let me paint a picture for you. This movie is based on what little I know about what your job is, and I want you to tell me how accurately this movie portrays your job. So here we go. The movie opens at like a, an office building, say, and our heroine is a beleaguered, maybe like a legal assistant or something, uh, played by Sandra Bullock. And the building is supposed to be closed. You know what? Let's call it it's Christmas Eve. Everybody's gone home, but she uh-huh. is she's really working the, hard. The die hard treatment. Exactly, exactly. That's that's a good shortcut, uh, Jason R. J. McMaster. But there's a little bit of a twist here because, of course, Sandra Bullock is a, is a woman, and she's alone in this building that's supposed to be cleared out. So that when the international terrorists arrive to do their heist thing or whatever, uh, she's still there. So as things start to spiral out of control and they're chasing her around and whatnot, she's trying to set off alarms in the building. But the international terrorists have circumvented the alarm system, so Sandra Bullock has to call the hero of the story, J. Dean, who works at the security company. Now, J. Dean, you are played by Jeremy Renner in this movie. So the movie is about Jeremy Renner trying to talk her through the security system and how to elude the bad guys. You are, I don't know if this is an accurate portrayal of you, you are former, you are former special forces in this movie. Uh, so how much is that like your day-to-day job, where I believe you work at a security company? Is that right?
1: Well, um, the movie sounds okay. I don't know if I greenlight it just yet. Um, I think the <laughs> second act could probably be punched up a little.
0: Okay, we'll work on
1: that. Uh, maybe instead of Sandra Bullock, we can age it down a little bit. Um, but that's a pretty accurate portrayal. I whoa, mean, that's whoa, what whoa! I,
0: that's rude. Did you just make a crack about Sandra Bullock's
1: age? I'm afraid so. That's just the state of Hollywood. And and you actually live closer to there than than I do, so you should know this already. But uh, <laughs> I I would say that Sandra could probably be the uh, vice president of the of the division that the legal assistant works for and that she'd probably be Emma stone or somebody.
0: Yeah. You know what? Nice try, J. Dean, but that's not going to sell in middle America. You know, CEOs, <laughs> corporate executives, sorry, we can't have them as our lead character. Uh, it's well, just not going to work.
1: She'd be more of a cameo, I think, kind of okay. setting it up. You're absolutely right. She would not be the main character. Um, okay. But as, as me as, Jer- as uh, played by Jeremy Renner, um, mm-hmm. well, I can't get too much into my military background uh, because it's <laughs> non-existent. Uh, oh, I thought it was be because you can't talk about it. <laughs> that, too. That, too. That's why I can't talk about
0: it. Oh, uh, that's, how, that's how you people that you people say it's non-existent. You deny that you were in the military. I like what you're doing, J. Dean. Well done. That's right. That would
1: get me promptly pounded in the parking lot of Emmy, any American Legion I tried that at.
0: <laughs> uh, now, do we have a part for, like, a plucky sidekick that can be played by uh, Jason R.J. McMaster? Uh,
2: yeah. I am the plug. It's unusual.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, my particular job is, like,
1: fighting crime, which would be the terrorists, and fires, but kind of in the abstract. But we need some sort of person on the ground. So even though I'd be doing the more important thing, I think that uh, you, Jason, R.J. McMaster, would be more of the direct, hands-on hero. So, you know, you'd be a sidekick. I'd get the better lines. (laughs) But But I could be like... as yeah, far as Die good. Hard
2: is concerned, I would be uh, the guy that, uh, from the, what, what, who was the guy that was the dad on that show with Urkel? Uh, like, oh, uh, Reginald old uh, Feld Johnson? Was that the guy? That, uh, the guy that was in Die Hard? Very well?
0: good, you guys. Good, Good trivia. Yeah, you're both right. Yeah. Um,
2: so yeah, I would be kind of that character where I would be on the side of someone trapped inside and I'd yeah. be happy to talk to you as well. Okay. Yeah.
1: You I could call it. me on a cell phone and I could say, there's an air duct over here. And then you could pop out of that air duct and say to Emma Stone,
0: come over here into this air duct. I like the Emma Stone choice. You know what? You've sold me, Jadine. Well done. All right. <laughs> Inlet for everybody. Uh,
1: 40 million first weekend. Uh, <laughs> I Drop a little that. bit in the second, but then word of mouth will kick in,
0: and a great DVD campaign too. I, I think yep, it'll yeah. it'll move I mean, well on
2: DVDs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's the sweetest plum, the DVD.
0: Good. Who needs to talk about video games now? Wow, uh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, I've heard they're doomed. I, now I am curious, J. Dean, So, is your job exciting or boring? Uh, you you work with like security systems and stuff, so I...
1: it, it's really cool. Um kind of thematically or mm-hmm. conceptually uh i don't mind it it's way better than my old job i put eight years into a certain bookstore retailer which is not borders but i won't say which one that was and i really liked it at the time but uh it was uh i'm glad to be out of that so i've been at this new thing for
0: about a year and a half or so and uh it, it's pretty cool and had you been in minneapolis the whole time or are you a recent arrival there
1: uh, nope. I was born and raised either in Minneapolis, or if you want to get all technical about it, a suburb of Minneapolis, um, which uh, we, I am so proud of. It, it happens to be the ha- the Halloween capital of the world, which is pretty cool.
0: Wait a minute so how do you get that How do you get that title? I believe yeah, it was
1: see. an act of Congress back in the '30s. I, oh wow. Yeah. yeah wow. So you can't dispute that, unless you're from someone outside of America. good. <laughs> that's, that's crazy.
0: What's the name of the suburb because I want to know if somebody ever asks me I want to know what the Halloween capital of the world is that's good
2: that's a good question
1: yeah is it'll be a real it'll be like the hit of any dinner party you go to mm-hmm. uh, it's very uh awesome trivia it's called Anoka, yep, that's right it's Anoka Minnesota
0: wow, I did wow. not know that okay good yep so sounds, you know nice.
1: other small towns might have like uh strawberry capital of the world or whatever, but Apparently, we have uh, vampires and zombies and werewolves. That's uh, cooler than strawberries.
0: Yeah. J. Dean and Jason R. J. McMaster, what were the coolest Halloween costumes you guys have ever worn? Starting with you, Jason R. J. McMaster. Wow, I don't know. Um, Come on, I can I can see you uh, coming up with some pretty cool
2: costumes. Yeah, I'm not very uh, yeah, I'm not very good at Halloween. Let me think. Uh, Oh, you know, I went as Walter from The Big Lebowski. That's
0: <laughs> probably that. my favorite. I love that. That's fantastic. Thanks. That's good. Yeah, um, I grew out the beard a little bit, and that was all it took. J.D., can you top that?
1: Hmm. Well, I was out of Halloween costumes for a long time. I always seemed to have to work on, on the Halloween night itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, though, um, I decided I'd uh, go as a quote-unquote sexy nurse, which is basically <laughs> myself in <and> scrubs. was <laughs> Yeah. Were you like uh, showing some leg? <laughs> no, just just straight scrubs uh uh tennis shoes. Uh, it was very uh very professional looking.
0: Now I want to know J.D., what kind of looks did you get when people when you would explain to people what your costume was? How well did that go over? Well, it was actually
1: um sort of a convention kind of um it there was this thing you guys have heard of that writer Neil Gaiman? Oh yes.
0: yeah. yeah, Sandman yeah. and uh did he do Coraline? Yes, he did. Yeah, yep. I, love, I love Neil Gaiman then. Okay, right. Well, he, went- he, had, he had
1: sort of a fan convention last year at this weird place that was a setting um, in one of his novels. Uh, so everyone dressed up kind of crazy. So me as a sexy nurse uh, with also one of those uh, rods of Asclepius, you know, like the staff with the snake twining around it. Sure, yeah. It didn't raise that many eyebrows. <laughs> there was some crazy stuff there.
0: Uh, I'm I'm just impressed you said that word out loud. That's one of those words I would know if I saw it, but if I had to say that out loud, I wouldn't begin to know where to start.
1: I had to do a lot of research on Wikipedia just in <laughs> case anyone called me on it.
0: Well done. Uh, so uh are are you like a comic book nerd or are you just like Neil Gaiman? Um more of B than A. Um okay. I
1: I guess I, I, I was never into like the monthlies, but I started getting into trade paperbacks in college. Um, I kind of get snooty about it. Uh, you know, I like these, but usually not the superheroes who toss other superheroes into walls. Sure, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I kind of like uh, a lot of the comic books, especially uh, Neil's stuff. And, um, you know, anything where I can raise my eyebrows and put in my monocle and slip
0: some Merlot and turn the pages. So you must be really bummed that uh, Neil Gaiman's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen wasn't turned into a very good movie. Uh,
1: oh god tom you want to handle this mr mcmaster that's
2: alan moore he's 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 my favorite and uh and that movie really does suck
0: so i i just by the way i just want to give myself a point for successfully trolling both of you
2: yeah no i know i know i just yeah uh, we're shaking
0: uh, our heads sadly
2: No, I know what you're doing. I just can't help myself. <laughs> I know
0: that, That's the thing about trolling. It's really not that hard. You just identify a weakness and you prey on it. And I knew that you guys cared, so there you go. Uh,
1: <laughs> deeply, deeply.
0: Yeah. Uh, so let's talk. Now, we're going to get into our format here, J. Dean. But we don't have to stick too closely to it. We're just going to hang out. And you know what? I... I would love to like talk movies and more stuff about comic books, so veer off topic at any opportunity if you are so inclined. I just want to Mm -hmm. throw that out there. Uh, Jason R.J. McMaster, we have three little subject areas. Which one should we start with this week? Oh, man. Um... Oh, wait, wait, before you do, real quick. Did either of you recognize that Eminem song uh, that played at the beginning of the podcast?
2: Was it from DJ Hero? If no, I don't think. No, I don't recognize it.
0: Is that in DJ Hero? I know there's an image in, in I DJ Hero, think. but I haven't unlocked it. I don't know what it is.
2: Uh, I had no. a bunch of credits, so I got like that uh, M&M and uh, Jay Z version of the original DJ Hero. Uh,
0: J. Dean, do you have DJ Hero? No, I'm afraid not.
1: I used to be into the Guitar Hero. I uh, never got into the DJ Hero.
0: I, th- I think what we're going to find out on this podcast, and, J.D., and you you will be able to correct me if I'm wrong when we get there. I think we're going to find out that you're like just a an old-school PC guy, and when we start talking about console games, you're going to be out of your depth. Am I close?
1: There's many occasions I will be out of my element, uh, but that will be both <laughs> PC and consoles.
0: Ah, okay. All right.
1: But I'll uh, try to keep up, or you can explain to me what I'm missing out on. <laughs>
0: Well, what you guys are missing out on with that opening song, uh, that's in the trailer for the new Mission Impossible movie. Uh, so that, that's my point of reference there.
1: And it seemed to be like a female vocalist singing about how
0: she wouldn't back down or something. Well, I don't know if you know much about... That's so petty. Yeah, let me, let me... Oh, very good. Uh, it is, the song is called Won't Back Down, uh... But it's one of those the the way that I guess like rap and hip hop artists work is they'll they'll do like it'll be a song by Eminem featuring, in this case, Pink, and by featuring it just means that he uses a vocal track by her, and that's how I guess in rap and hip hop artists collaborate. Uh, I can't imagine, and maybe I'm wrong. I, it's my guess that they were never like in a studio working together. <laughs>
1: uh, Well, that's a shame, because you can make so many great friends with the collaborations.
0: You can, like we're doing right now. (laughs) Uh, Jason R.J. McMaster, which of our three topics should we start with today? Shall we do forum post first? All right. Awesome. I like it. Uh, Let's start with uh, our guest, Dean. Do you have for us a forum post of the week? I do. Uh, Would you like me to go through the whole thing? It's not exactly...
1: A book, but it's pretty long.
0: <laughs> now you know what you can do, however you like. Sometimes we read the whole post. Sometimes we just talk about the post. Uh, it's as you. How much do you think you need to to read of it to tell us what's special about it? Whatever Got works it. for you.
1: All right. So the post. Uh, this is in the thread about the new and approved TM Syndicate uh, FPS. Uh, The poster is Glorious Mess, hailing from Bracknell, England. Mm -hmm. And he went through this really interesting uh, prediction, and it's pretty cynical about what the new Syndicate 3 or Syndicate Wars Part 2 or whatever it's going to be called. Um, Mm -hmm. But he went through uh, predictions, um, and it sounded like just an incredibly mediocre game, the way he's describing what this game may or may not be like in the future.
0: And this is like a speculative uh, piece of work on his part?
1: Yeah, it's uh, I don't believe he has any inside information, but I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, especially when he started talking about the DLC that will be available. Uh he even pegged the um like the metacritic score, uh, 88% professional review average and 56% user review average on metacritic, uh because um the most of the big publications will think that it's awesome and most fans
0: will see it as the quote mediocre sci-fi FPS that it really is. Now, can you give us a, a few samples of glorious messes' cynicism? All right. And so. and by the way, J. Dean, you're going to have to do it in an English accent, you real <laughs> No, I'm not going to I, make you do that. I, I will I not
1: apologize to all the people of the British
0: Isles, especially those in Bracknell. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
1: you will, at some point, be forced to make a decision where you rebel against your company to save someone/slash something/slash an ideal. Or stick with your anonymous,
0: oppressive corporate overlord. That's, that's very good. I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> now, what uh, do you feel that his cynicism is justified? Isn't EA capable of doing a perfectly good, middling shooter that shouldn't be hated by anyone?
1: Well, they can try. <laughs> I don't right. want to stop them. I don't want to tell them, no, they can't do it. They do have a lot more money than I do so they they can try it but um I don't know I think he's uh concerned about the the brand uh the franchise of syndicate um I did play that when I was a kid on uh, the family oh, yeah. you know it was one of the few games that were ported over and even though it always crashed during the opening cinematic um I, I was able to beat it I thought the original game was a lot of fun and from what from just turning it into an FPS, it seems to be taking a lot of changes. Um, like, for example, uh, just, you know, in 93 when Syndicate came out, it was, you know, our real-time strategies were not real new. And this wasn't exactly a real-time strategy because you were, you know, running around and shooting things. But, like, even the viewpoint had a point of view in the story. Like, you were this kind of anonymous corporate uh, middle manager and you were observing these four little guys with uh, miniguns and shotguns and stuff running around in city streets, you were actually observing it from a blimp, and that kind of justified the isometric viewpoint. Mm-hmm. So to put it as an FPS with you yourself actually running around and you know spreading the corporate love or whatever, uh, it does seem to be a really big change. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Glorious Mess later in the thread uh, kind of went over that as well. It's I, So I think it, just by making an FPS, there's a little bit of cynicism that's going to be built in, I think, because mm-hmm. FPSs are hot, and it's easier to make a middling FPS.
0: Now, uh, Jason, RJ, McMaster, how do you feel about this shift? Because uh, I just want to float. Uh, I don't really have a dog in this fight, but as a devil's advocate, it seems to me like EA is doing exactly the right thing. They are reviving a franchise to get guys like you, J. Dean, interested, but they're really making a game for a modern audience, and if guys like you get on board, that's just gravy. So, Jason, R.J. McMaster, how do you feel about this? Well, you know, I was a
2: big fan of the original Syndicate, and um, but it's been so long now that it's not really a brand that I think anybody's really going to care that much about, but it's younger people at least um so yeah i think you're probably right tom it's probably just i mean from a business standpoint i guess it makes sense but uh yeah from a personal standpoint i'm not that interested in the first person shooter about syndicate Mm -hmm. you know i mean syndicate was what it was you know it's just how it goes
0: J. Dean, do you think that EA should have paid attention to the kind of stuff Glorious Mess was talking about, those touches like the blimp? Uh, like, Do you think that they're, commercially speaking, that there's a sort of a market for that approach or an approach that's more sensitive to the source material?
1: Well, I think so. I mean, well, part of it is, you know, back in the 90s when the first one came out, just the whole you know, take on the global megacorp was a lot different than we probably would use it now. So if it's just a reason for, you know, faceless people to run around in city or urban landscapes and shoot up other faceless people, um, I think they are missing out on the franchise a little bit. Mm
0: -hmm. It, it of course, reminds me of another franchise that's being revived as a first-person shooter. I'm sure you guys know what I'm thinking of. Any guesses? Uh, Does it rhyme with (laughs) Hex? (laughs) hex calm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, is that supposed
1: to be an FPS, the, the latest XCOM? Yeah, yeah. Because I thought you were talking about the
0: Human Revolution, which I believe oh. is oh. Prince well, I, Oh, my golly. J.D., you are so out of your element here. <laughs> no, I I think that that's a common uh, – like I would imagine a lot of people would uh, think of the XCOM first-person shooter that 2K is doing uh, as the same kind of thing. Is here was this – innovative game that was really a product of the times that was very special at the times at that back when at that time when it came out and then the brand went kind of dormant uh, and now we fast forward 10 years or whatever somebody has the brand they want to revive it but they want to put it on a genre that can sell a lot of copies so voila it's a first-person shooter uh, and that that sort of debate has been swirling around the Xcom license for. Over a year since 2K uh, showed it off at, the, at uh, not this past E3, but the one before it. Um,
1: okay. Yeah. yeah, I was under the impression it'd be another like isometric turn-based, maybe oh, no.
0: or something. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's a, it's a first-person shooter. It's 2K's Marin Studio that did BioShock Two, um, and it now, looks like a cover-based shooter against a bunch of aliens. Yeah.
2: Now there is that Jagged Alliance thing that's coming out, and that is a turn-based shooter.
0: Yeah, I have seen – Or
2: not Shooter, but, yeah, Strategy.
0: Yeah, like that. Very faithful to uh, the original. And, of course, look who's publishing. It's a smaller publisher. Is it Calypso? Uh, But anyway, it's a smaller publisher, so they don't need to sell near as many copies in order to make it a profitable project. Uh, Right, right. I, I'm with I'm with you, J Dean, in that I, I agree it would be awesome to have something that's true, you and Glorious Mess, that would be true to the original syndicate, but I just sort of feel like you know, that, that's just not really a viable decision. So whatever EA decides to do with it, if it turns out that it doesn't suck, that's awesome. Uh, and if it does, well, that's kinda of what I'm expecting. So. Someone has to buy it. That's true. But actually, yeah, maybe uh, we're going to need you to buy it and be the guinea pig and try it for us. <laughs> uh, all right, so glorious mess. Uh, well done. And fantastic work on the accent, J. Dean. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Jason R.J. McMaster, what is your choice for post of the week? Mine goes to
2: Jason McCullough and video game parodies that came true. Whoa, 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 whoa oh, wait, yes. wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. Hold on, hold on a second. You are you're you've left politics and religion? When when is Jason McCullough ever let out of PNR? What what's going on here? That is a
2: very good question. But you know, he shows up in games every great once in a while.
0: So what what is this uh rare Jason McCullough appearance north of politics and religion?
2: It's um I'll just read his quote, which links to a site, uh, a blog, that has a, a list of this stuff. Anyway, originally published from 1981 to 1985 and resurrected later, Electronic Games was one of the first periodicals devoted entirely to video games, as they wrote it as one single word. And in March 1982 issue number three, they had a humorous look at some unlikely future video games. I'm sure what they came up with was terribly funny in 1982. Some of it still is, but you know what would be even more funny? Digging their ridiculous ideas up now and see how many of them have since been made into actual video games. And he says, he says, I mean, a game about nuclear war? Who would do that? Gang wars? Running over people in cars? A brain transplant simulator? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's got a point. Like every, almost everything on this list has pretty much been made directly into a game.
0: What's the brain transplant simulator? God, wasn't it that uh life and
2: death? Oh wait, are you thinking
0: of those uh those CC Japanese games? uh medical
2: procedure no, no. names? Life and death, like the really old life and death.
1: Yeah, something uh, that I'm was on like the Apple two G S or something. And oh, now I'm you? the one out of my element. Are hey, you yo. very careful with your mouse or something in your Cutting in with a scalpel and hopefully wasn't it kind of like operation basically? Like if operation. Yeah,
2: yeah. There was a lot of you know you had to use the right tools and do all this craziness. Yeah, I ended up just killing a lot of people. Um,
0: <laughs> now of that list, uh, Jason R J McMaster that McCullough posted, how many of those games are you super glad actually got made though? Because the two that I could pick out, you know, Grand Theft Auto and Def Con. Holy cats, I'm I'm glad those got made. Those those are
2: awesome. Oh yeah. Grand Theft Auto, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Defcon, yeah. Um actually quite a few because of course this Grand Theft Auto. Uh I was a big fan of the Warriors game that came out, you know, uh a few years back that by Rockstar. Mm-hmm. Actually, more than a few years now. Um but you know, it's funny because I think the one that strikes me is the, like the most hilarious is and I'll read you the excerpt from the magazine. Gang Wars. Alone, you are a member of a street gang who has accidentally strayed onto rival turf. Fighting against almost insurmountable odds, you must use the weapons at your disposal. Three knives, a zip gun, and a lead pipe. With luck, you may even meet up with computer-controlled members of your own gang, one of whom is a martial arts expert. You know, it's just stuff like that. And, yeah, there's been like a million games made where you're... You know, fighting through gang-infested territory. Like it like, just mentioned in this blog, which is Hardcore Gaming 101, um, you know, uh, Double Dragon, River City Ransom, Grand Theft Auto, Mafia, The Warriors, you know, it's just like you know, game after game. So,
1: yeah, it's kind of I'm not sure exactly what was going on. Uh, like a lot of people read that article back in 1982, 1983 and thought, hey, there's some good ideas there.
0: So oh, yeah. so what was the magazine?
2: It was Electronic Games. Uh, so elect,
0: Electronic Games basically incepted game design into the industry. Yes. <laughs> I like Liter- that. Literally incepted. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I find most exciting about having been into video games for so long, and, and specifically about this sort of – Five year span before and ahead of us uh, is at one point the things you could do with a video game were really limited by by technology. So these imaginative ideas, like in that magazine article, you know, how are you going to do stuff like that way back when? But nowadays, like there's it's there's almost nothing that can't be translated into gameplay. Uh And I find that very exciting so that as people come up with these crazy ideas, we get, like, weird experimental games and new kinds of genres and stuff. Uh I, I love that about about this hobby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Can either of you, because I don't think I can, think of something that could not possibly be made into a game or that is just absurd to imagine it as being made into a game? Now, I don't mean something that's, like, in poor taste or offensive or – <laughs> <laughs> Although that's the thing, is as soon as you mention something, I'm sure there is a game of it, and that actually goes way back to that Atari 2600 Custer's Revenge thing. Like, there are crazy things sure. that are offensive and gross; those get made into games for for shock value. But can you think of anything that's like too absurd that would never be a video game? Because I don't, I don't think I can. I there's. I, I, I
2: mean, if you take
1: out shock value,
0: uh, then
1: no. I don't know. I think there's probably a lot of stuff. Of course, it wouldn't be fun like if you could have some sort of uh cloud sourced free to play uh figure out my taxes and then you have a lot of people just you know go through random other people's tax returns and make sure it's the most accurate uh, i i think there's a game that well i don't know there 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 would probably be some trouble there so maybe that game could Yeah be
0: yeah i think there'd be some trolling going on there You know what, though, J. Dean, have you ever played a Paradox strategy game? (laughs) Because, (laughs) by golly, it's not a far cry from figuring out someone's yes. You just
1: have to wait for some patches, that's all. (laughs)
0: Uh, But, you know, you have a point. I, I think that the limiting factor on video games is no longer imagination, it's tedium.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: even though we still games like uh i don't know i would have said uh, spore for instance that that's tedious jesus god it was such a cool idea that just
2: god have mercy well
0: i think i I would rather figure out someone's taxes than uh have to slog through the late
2: it would it would be shorter
1: yeah yeah my friends uh he had been kind of dormant um in video games for a while, and then he saw the trailer for Spore. He was all set to buy a completely new PC to bring it up to spec of what would be needed to play it. That was his gateway game to get him back into it, and then Spore
0: came out, and he was disappointed. And what became of him? Did we lose him forever, or did he move um, on to something good?
1: By his, by the time a second kid came along, he just doesn't really have the time. It's a couple of Wii games. Um, I think he's out of the PC games for at least another ten years or so.
0: Yeah, I think we've lost That's him. Yeah. That's you know that 's really what like i don 't mind that spore didn 't work out real well, whatever i don 't have to play it, but it just drives me crazy that they got so much publicity and actually, this is the case with a lot of high profile bad games like I think of some new person somebody new to games who doesn 't really know what they 're about, sitting down thinking yeah i've heard about this i 've seen commercials i 'm going to play it, and they end up with something like spore, and they 're lost to us forever uh, I, I just I hate that like i okay i don 't want to tip my hand or anything, but i 've been playing a lot of Gears of War three lately. Gears of War 3 will have a massive marketing campaign, and it will reach some people who maybe don't play video games. Uh, and I, I, you know what? I had someone, a friend of mine, she's not into video games, but she emailed me recently, and she was like, do you know anything about this game, Rage? And I was like, why are you asking me about that? Yes, I know about it. It's it's a completely – I'm going to guess it's going to be a completely unremarkable shooter. Uh, if she had picked up, like if I hadn't been there to talk to her, she would have just picked up rage based on having seen something about it. And it would have just been a boring old shooter and she would have been, oh, that's video games. I'm done. So I'm playing Gears of War 3 and it's got this terrible, terrible single player campaign. And I'm imagining people picking it up thinking, oh, this is what video games are all about. And they play this just sophomoric, like 14-year-old boy, stupid storyline. And they're like, oh, well, I'm that's video games. I'm, I'm done with that. Uh, that's what that's what really bugs me about these high-profile games not being any good is people get the wrong idea. Oh, quiet you! <laughs> <laughs> and while I'm at it, get off my lawn. Oh my! They
1: should have just done a better job, and then we wouldn't have anything to complain about
0: they should either do a better job or games like just cause 2 and bioshock 2 should have bigger marketing budgets you know those are the games that this girl who emailed me to ask me about rage those are the things that i would love to be able to say yes i'm glad you heard about this game it's awesome pick it up uh but no it's it's rage and halo 3 and uh resistance 3 it's all that stuff
1: so. Was this friend of yours, was she into PCs or consoles? Uh she's
0: a she was a World of Warcraft. Like World of Warcraft was her entry uh into um video games, so PCs.
1: Okay. So not she's a- not a total novice. She can she knows how to how these game things work Probably way more than I do I, I never
0: got into World of Warcraft but, um. Well you know what, not not really, J. Dean Because I don't think World of Warcraft World of Warcraft is its own thing I don't think oh, it yeah. really shows you anything about video gaming So much as it shows you the, the sort of template for MMOs Yeah, uh, And it's very yeah. effective at that But as far as like making people curious about Getting people ready for what kinds of cool things You can experience in other video games I think World of Warcraft is a terrible example uh, Of a video game
1: Really? So I I would think that you know just the action of here's the disc. You put it in your computer. You start loading the 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 patches. You can add the mods. You use the keyboard and the mouse. um, You look on the forums to figure out how you're really supposed to play the game. (laughs) Like I would think that the meta of it at least gets people into saying, okay, so this is more of a shooter, but I still you know I put my disc in there. I download it from Steam or whatever, Um, I download the patches, I have to figure out actually how to play it, so I check these forums, or GameFAQs, or whatever.
0: You're you're absolutely right about that. Uh, But I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, I would want her to appreciate, say, what makes Bioshock 2 so much better than Gears of War 3. And if she's someone who only knows PC games through World of Warcraft, she's not going to have any, you know, that's not going to be part of her experience. She's not going to be able to appreciate the difference for that, or much less, like, what makes a good shooter or what things she should play once she leaves MMOs. Um, but as far as being comfortable with the process, you're absolutely right, yeah. She actually, we had played some uh, dead, uh, uh, dead Island o- over here, and she probably went home and bought it. Uh, so I, I don't think that would have happened if she hadn't been comfortable with World of Warcraft, so, yes.
1: Uh. Just, here's your guy, there's the bad guy, you walk up to it, and then you
0: chop it. <laughs>
2: well dead island is very mmo feeling
0: you know what that's a very good point mcmaster i and i i yeah and you know what i think you made my point even better than i intended to because it's a it's a kind of a progression and a format that she was really comfortable with so would she right. have taken to it if she hadn't been in a world of warcraft person and I, I don't know the answer to that yeah
2: i don't know how she would feel about borderlands but it's another game it's a great example of that
0: yep yep absolutely uh have jaydean if we talk borderlands is that within your ken i've heard of it
1: <laughs> it's uh it's the one where the guy has like a gun up to his to, on the cover of the game and he's yeah shooting, it's out and i imagine that's indicative of the
0: gameplay very good yeah that's I, I think you're set yeah uh so you uh you're not you're not keeping your eye on uh borderlands 2 for instance Jay Dean. Oh, this is something that i we know you are mcmaster uh are <laughs> you in the are you in the beta for that by the way
2: no I want to be on Diablo 3's beta. Those <laughs> bastards.
0: Uh, all right, so uh, your post of the week, a, Jason, a rare Jason McCullough sighting outside of yes. PNR. Good. Yes. Now, let's go to another topic. Jason R.J. McMaster. Are we now going to tackle our news stories of the week or our games of the week? Oh,
1: could we go back a second? Sure, uh, just absolutely. Just check?
0: absolutely. Now, I... I this
1: is kind of an elephant in the room, and, and you don't have to get too far into it, but are you, you you do not have a forum post of the week,
0: correct? Oh, no, no. I do not have a forum post of the week. I have not been on the forum in a few weeks, so I am sure there are some awesome forum posts I'm missing, but because I don't participate in that part of quarter to three anymore, I, I, I could maybe pick out like a comment section comment of the week, uh, but I, not by – because I'm willfully not wanting to pick a post, I just don't know any of the posts. Right. So, yeah, I will not, I'm afraid, be doing forum posts of the week. And is this like a vacation, a sabbatical? Have you have you advocated um, your position? I have, yes. I, I I don't because of recent situations, and I just felt like there was far too much... Open hostility and even passive-aggressive hostility, I I am not part of, like, running the forum anymore, and it's easier for me to just basically stay out of it. So, uh, yeah, it is kind of an elephant in the room, and it's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's just that I don't have much to say beyond that. Um, The forum, I'm I'm sure, is doing great. I'm happy to hear about you guys finding cool posts like that, but it's just not a part of Quarter to Three that I'm going to be part of anymore.
1: All right well i 'll say then i 'll say that 's a shame
0: and and we can move on I kind of agree and, and thank you and uh, but folks can still find me on the front page, and we just put in new software for we had the most wretched back asswords comments section yeah. software for so long. Uh, and huge thanks to uh, a poster named WiggleStick and our our benevolent technical overlord, Stusser, uh, for putting in a new comment section. So if you're listening and you haven't been on the front page in a while, please come on out and check out how easy it is to actually now comment on, on the stories that we're doing. And I, I've been participating pretty actively there. So
1: Okay. Uh, and we've been seeing it, and that's, that's pretty cool. I've really been liking uh, uh, Bruce Garrick's um, Articles oh about the war games.
0: God, those are awesome. Bruce is just such a treasure for – he, it's rare that I find people who write about things that I actively – not that I just don't care about, but that I actively wouldn't want to read about. But he makes me want to read about that stuff. And even though he's writing yeah. things that I don't care about, I love reading how he talks about them. And I love just starting one of those articles, having no idea where it's going to go. Uh, and I know Bruce and I have talked about this, and I know he sometimes worries about them being really long, and he has a natural insecurity about you know, maybe people get bored. But I, he's the way I put it to him is he starts off these articles, and it's just like you're with this really smart guy who's going to take you on this walk, and you don't know where he's going <laughs> to take you, but you can be confident that you're probably going to see something pretty cool in the course of the walk. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah I'm so grateful to him for doing those, and I'm glad you, you like them.
1: One of his most recent ones, and I almost made this as my forum post to pick, but, you know, it was on the front page. The one, um, now, like, a lot of the war games, they kind of go over my head, and it's a lot of numbers and stuff. But when he was talking about, like, um, you know, how the theme of the game relates to the the rules and the number crunching, and mm-hmm. what that says, like, in, in this case, fighting World War II, fighting the Battle of Britain and how you can have different sources saying different things about the effectiveness of this tactic or this strategy. yeah. yeah. And, and the whole game is underpinning on the thesis of what historian A or historian B is saying. And I thought that's really interesting. I mean, that's why people play war games, I think, is to be like, well, if I was fighting World War II, this is what I would do, and I'd win. Um, and if the underlying thesis is flawed, well, then you've either wasted hopefully you've had fun, but maybe you've wasted your time because you can't actually fight World War two and win anymore yeah
0: and and the the magic of Bruce's approach is that there might be people who write about that kind of thing, but I guarantee you they're not coming up with awesome lines like unfortunately Hitler brought a, bought an amiga <laughs> uh, Bruce has <laughs> he's just got such a sense of dry wit to him that comes through what he's writing that uh yeah, so. All right, so you know what? So I am going to pick a. I'm going to pick a comments section. You know what? I'm going to pick a post of the week, and it's uh, Bruce's Eagle Day game diaries. Every single one of them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, he's. I think. Uh, I. I. I think he's planning on doing a few more of those. Like the. The nature of it is, I think he's reached like a sort of an ending point. But I know there are a couple other things he wanted to talk about, and uh, I'm not sure whether he'll pick those threads up or not. But I think there are more of those Eagle Day ones uh, on the way. So. All right, so. Jason R.J. McMaster, take us well, where we're going to go. Let's go with news. News. News story of the week. Jason R.J. McMaster, who's going to go first?
2: You know what? I'll take it. That's how cool I am. <laughs> like the other side of the pillow, baby. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> My news post of the week is, just because I want to talk about it, mm-hmm. Um PayPal has signed on to power the real money transactions in Diablo Three's auction house.
0: I was sure the words "League of Legends" were going to appear before you reached a period at the no, end of this. <laughs> yeah, if
2: I could put in brackets, "League of Legends." Uh, no, uh, yeah, they didn't release Dominion today, and I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty, yeah. Oh, were,
0: they, were they supposed to? I, this is
2: a, well, well a- there had been tons of hints about it and stuff like, oh, it'll be released alongside this, you know, this one patch that came out today. And then, bah.
0: But it bah. is that impending, like it's an any day now kind of thing? I would
1: hope within the next month. Okay. All right. Well, so, I'm, is this Diablo three we're talking about, or that Dominion's three?
0: Oh yeah. So, so uh, Jason R J McMaster is certifiably addicted to a game called League of Legends, and yeah. there's a new mode that you can play. It's a sort of a real time strategy game, and there's a new mode that they're going to release that I, I know Jason is eagerly awaiting. Uh, so that was a separate thing we were going to talk about. Um,
2: oh yeah, yeah. I just uh, that's disappointing. So, uh, you know, we might as well talk about Diablo three.
0: All right, so you can use your PayPal account to yes. buy stuff from the auction house when Diablo 3 launches. Is that correct? That is correct. Is that awesome news or terrible news? <laughs> you know,
2: I don't I don't really care either way. I know it's kind of a big issue to a lot of people and it it just seems like what was going to happen. I think Blizzard just kind of bit the bullet and we're like, you know, we people are going to auction our stuff off. For real world money anyway uh, They've been doing it for years uh, Why don't we profit From it and make it official
0: mm-hmm.
2: And that's just I mean that's just what it strikes me as And I mean is As much as it's like oh boo You know whatever I, If you don't want to use it don't uh, It shouldn't really affect your game That much
0: Okay. Uh, now J. Dean are you enough of a Diablo player to Care one way or the other about this
1: Deeply. Well, I played a little bit of Diablo 1, but I don't think I got past the Butcher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're such a lightweight. You're such a dilettante, Jay
1: Dean. <laughs> it's true. I was going to say that, but I didn't know if I could pronounce it correctly.
0: <laughs> just don't, have, don't ask me to spell it. Uh, so, Xylotaint. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you really have not played Diablo since... Did you beat the Butcher, by the way? I, I believe I did, yes. Okay, so you have it's killed the Butcher. The... That Butcher's sick, man. He, he is i mean that's people's <laughs> yeah. now is the butcher that, that's before that raven chick right
1: yeah i don't remember a raven chick so ah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah okay so so you are not invested in what decisions they're making about diablo 3 is that correct jadeen are, yeah, are
1: you it's, if it's really cool i'll look into it oh it will be
0: <laughs> well there you go <laughs> You know, I have to admire that that perspective because I kind of feel that it's inevitable that I will play Diablo three, whether it's oh, good, yes. bad, or something else entirely. Uh, I, I I love this idea you have that hey, if it's great, I'll play it. I, I wish I had that luxury. I just feel a gravitational pull to anything Blizzard does.
1: Yeah. So this isn't even the the career that you're in where you're gonna have to play it. It's just it, it, oh, no. it's like oh, a yeah. compulsion.
2: I would probably sell crack to get the money to buy Diablo. <laughs> I would push a child down some stairs. I mean, that's just how it goes. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so but, but yet, Jason R. J. McMaster, you're very sort of dispassionate. You're like all uh, whatever about this this whole using real money for the auction house thing.
2: It just you know, I don't. I just won't really care. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. You know, so if people want to spend their money on that, you know, that's, that's their personal business. They're stupid, you know, if if they want to. Like, I mean, come on, though. So many people have ruined their lives with Blizzard products at this point. I mean, this is kind of a joke, you know.
0: I mean. What's another several million people ruining their lives with the Blizzard project? Going
2: yeah. Ahead? Yeah, no, I mean, World of Warcraft has destroyed many homes,
0: so. Well, Jason R. J. McMaster, let me float this then, as a devil's advocate. As soon as Blizzard makes real-world money an official part of the economy of Diablo Three, it affects everyone. Sure. Rebuttal? Oh uh, no! Uh,
2: no, I can see what you're saying. It it kind of does take it out of game. You know, it's huh? it becomes more of a I don't know, God, you know. Second Life does that too. Ugh.
0: Here, let Sorry. me just. Let me Sorry, just... Wagner. <laughs> I right, can't
2: let me... do.
0: It. My own personal uh, take on this sort of thing. I I hate Vegas. I don't like gambling. I don't like playing poker. I love the game aspect of, of things that you gamble, but. In order to make it matter, it has to have some real-world stakes. Like if you just play poker with with chips and they don't mean anything, then there's no tension there in terms of how much you're betting. I just feel that its sure. connection to real-world money is an important part of what makes gambling uh, appealing to some people. And it's, it's, it's exactly why I have no desire to gamble, even though I love gaming. I love figuring out systems. I love the trappings of gambling, you know, bluffing and figuring the odds and sure. strategic calculation. I love all that stuff, but once it ties into real-world things like like money, I want no part of it. That's not a connection I want in my gaming. And I feel that that Blizzard, by making these real-world transactions an official part of Diablo 3, they're kind of moving it a step closer to why I don't care to gamble. And I, I'm disappointed that that's going to be a part of the economy in Diablo 3, even though I won't use it. Uh that's now part of the game design. And that's that's what bothers me about that.
2: Well, right, and I understand, you know, because then it gets to a point where what's next? You know, what becomes well, yeah, they're already kind of pushing it with StarCraft 2, in my opinion, but right. But yeah, well, what is it what does it go to next? Like, do you have to buy each chapter? Is it kind you know <laughs> uh can you purchase like uh, I don't know, you know I mean, if there was a game where I could purchase the ability to have someone else's character destroyed, that would be pretty cool. So <laughs> if anybody else wants to use that, feel free yeah, the uh,
0: Jason R. J. McMaster, I feel like I've made some progress, and I would like to now invite you to join me and J. Dean in boycotting Diablo three <laughs> oh,
2: okay you oh, you're totally gonna play Diablo three. who are you kidding? but I did I play- I just, go go ahead. I've played a lot of Capcom games that I never thought I'd care about either, but it's because I have to. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I just, I, I was doing what's called bluffing, and I just want you to know that what I said about boycotting, I did it with a completely straight face, and so therefore I would probably be really good at poker.
2: I really like playing poker in video games.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. Has either yeah. of you tried that uh, rune spell overture thing? The poker RPG or swords in poker on the iPhone. Uh, have either of you played those no no i buy a lottery ticket from time to time that's gambling there you go that's what way to pay a poor tax Dean. nice work
1: (laughs) (laughs) well is there a difference between a a poor tax buying a lottery ticket and or pumping quarters into an arcade machine or buying some uniform as dlc well yeah there probably is a difference but they're kind of related right
0: uh, well, no, because when I'm pumping quarters into an arcade machine, because I certainly did my share of that in my youth, uh, oh, I, n- I never was expecting any return beyond burning leisure time and maybe getting a high score.
2: Sheer enjoyment. I'll say it. Fun. Oh my God. Ooh, drop the f bomb. <laughs> I believe we've made some progress. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, it, it, even extending the time that you're playing, you're you're seeing new things, new experiences, maybe a later chapter in the game, a later level, if you're, you know, putting in a quarter to continue. Um, and I, I think that's a little different from, you know, just putting the one quarter into play. You know, it's oh, sure, like, sure. here's $2 and I can get to level 8, as opposed to just putting it in a quarter and only getting to the end of
0: level 1 right well and you know i will say there uh, again another exciting thing about being in video gaming at this point is there are all kinds of sort of new business models and new angles at getting revenue and while some of them i disagree with and i i hope they don't work uh i am just tickled pink with some of them like league of legends for instance this rts that we were talking about those guys took a a business model that traditionally I'm very cynical about, and they just did a fantastic job of making players pay a little bit of money and also doing it with goodwill. Like, I I don't think people feel ripped off by that. And and so – And So here, I was just kind of being a devil's advocate, but I do kind of trust that a company like Blizzard, never mind for a moment that they're owned by Activision. Let's just forget about that for a second. Oh, Lord. (laughs) But I would like to think that Blizzard has enough experience and enough concern about gameplay. I mean, I think they really care about the products that they're making, that they don't want to compromise them. So from that perspective, I am hopeful that this whole idea about opening the auction has to real money. I trust Blizzard for the most part. Uh, so I don't I don't really mind it like I was kind of letting on that I might. Uh, you know, and I'm glad it's them doing it and not... You know, I trust them to do it more than I would maybe a, a, another developer.
2: I will say the only thing that I wonder about with Diablo 3 is the team isn't there that made the first two. You know what I mean? It's a completely new team.
0: But it's such a kind of like established formula <laughs> like i, I think oh, you would have right. to, it would take a lot to really mess up i, I mean I, I trust that the people that are remaining understand what made it work uh, oh sure
2: uh, you know and it's not that they haven't done like plenty of good work you know i mean over the years diablo 2 has ch- had what two huge overhauls um like i don't know if you followed that tom you remember when 1.10 came out was, uh vaguely, yes, yes. They like completely reimagined the way a lot of the game works and it's pretty crazy. Like you would just bosses would sometimes just be wandering around, you know. And it's just crazy stuff, but right, right. um yeah, and I I have a lot of faith in Blizzard as a company because they hire top-notch people and they's <laughs> well, it's not like they rush a game out the door. We'll put right. it that way. <laughs> so uh, you know, I think it'll be good. I just kind of wonder Feel sorry for Bill.
1: <laughs> so, if I were to make an analogy, uh, Diablo 1 is to Diablo 3 as Jefferson
0: Airplane is to Starship? Would that uh, be inaccurate? Yeah, that that only if I just had no interest whatsoever in Diablo 3. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> that makes it more like Starship. <laughs> Here we go. I would say Diablo 1 is to Diablo 3 as Led Zeppelin is to Presence. Led Zeppelin won their first album to presents. How about that? Is that? Is am I? Am I the? Maybe you guys aren't as old as me. It might be a generational analogy. I've heard of uh, Led
2: Zeppelin. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm familiar with Led Zeppelin.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you're you're on the right track there, J.D. Yeah, uh, Jason R.J. McMaster. When can we play Diablo Three? Who knows? <laughs> that's the
1: correct answer.
2: <laughs> it's a blizzard game. It's just a big question mark. I'm hoping to get a beta invite one of these days. And
0: hence and- So there are their their friends and family beta is currently going. It's underway. Right. Uh, and no as far as I know, press betas have not been rolled out yet. Uh,
2: yeah, that's the downside. Yeah, no no old republic for me either. I think they're on my trick. So of course, gonna- I did write an article about it. So, but, <laughs> the, yeah, that's a
0: Well, I will say, uh, Jason R.J. McMaster, I, I believe Quarter to 3 will be involved in press betas of Diablo 3 when, when that's rolled out, and I'm hoping that uh, if we have access to a beta that you will avail yourself of it and, and write it up for, for Quarter to 3. So assuming you don't have a paying assignment, a real assignment, uh, let's, I'll put that <laughs> yeah. out there.
2: Yeah, I'm sure there's probably nobody else on any place I work that would like to cover Diablo Three, that niche title and all.
0: Yeah, is there, we get the, we get the stuff that the full time editors don't want to play, right?
2: Yeah, that's why I work for Abner, <laughs> because he only he just like hoards sports games, he, he huffs them in his locker room.
1: Is there a a press account, like a press PayPal account, where you could just? buy up all kinds of stuff uh, through the auction house?
0: You know, that's a very good question, J. Dean, because a lot of times us press guys, when when games have a microtransaction model, uh, us press guys tend to get insulated from that. Like, for instance, Age of Empires Online, which just came out, uh, you know, I, of course, didn't have to... Weigh the decision. Do I just want to buy one race? Do I want to buy both races? Do I want to buy this silly uh, uh, tower defense pack that they're selling for ten bucks? Like they just give all that stuff to us. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, big uh, time. And it kind of uh, like I think we need to be aware of the model at work here, but it kind of removes a lot of the investment that some players have in 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 some of these games. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Although, as far as I know. When there's like a bidding thing involved, like an auction house, uh, like I have a press account for World of Warcraft, but I that doesn't help me in the auction house one iota. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. i have to put up your own money. a press account. <sighs> and it, and also, if I wanted to like buy gold online, I would have to do that with my own money. You know, it's not like Blizzard's going to buy gold for me. How how else am I going to get an epic mount, right? You you play on the same server as John Kiefer. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I don't play World of Warcraft, though, so...
2: Yeah, you do. Whatever.
0: I see you on there. Please. I'm so over that. Uh, <laughs> J. Dean, have you ever played an MMO? Uh <laughs> That sounds ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I was in the uh, the beta for Ultima Online and the beta for EverQuest. Um, hmm. yep, yeah, me too, it, actually.
2: I was in both of those as well.
1: I just uh, got really leery of the idea of a uh, you know, a monthly payment system at the time I was either a poor college student or a poor uh,
0: between jobs guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that can add up. Uh, J. Dean, I want you to wake up and smell the 21st century.
1: <laughs> we're, we're, it's, we're past it's, a scarcity-based economy. It smells like halfling. Uh,
0: you don't buy games anymore, you rent them. Yeah, yeah, actually, you don't buy games. You buy you can, a license to play it. You can rent the license. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Jason R.J. McMaster, who's up next with their news story of the week? Oh, can I go?
1: Can I go? Ooh, sure. We have a request. Yeah, go ahead, J.D. All right. Thank you, J. McMaster, J.R.J. J. McMaster. Um, and the only reason I asked to go next is because it's kind of continuing the same discussion. Mm. Um, so my new story of the week uh, is another game um, and how that's going to be paid for in the upcoming future. Uh, this week they announced that Planetside 2, when that comes out, that's going to be a free-to-play yes. model. Yes, so yes. that neatly ties in with the discussion that we're having. Mm-hmm. Um, I think
2: one of that, my favorite games, the original Planetside.
1: Yeah, and I guess I did play that a little bit when they had the uh, Reserves um, sort of extended demo model. Yeah. And if they have something like that, I think that would work really well for this hy- um sort of hypothetical planet side two or in development planet side two. Um you know, if the one of the problems with the first one was kind of a lack of people to shoot at or a lack of cannon fodder. And if it's free to play, then I think people would be a lot more likely to get into it.
0: Mm. Player base, right now. Now, yeah. let me ask you, uh, jadeen Isn't Planet Side just a failed tribes clone that no one was interested in playing? Mm. Oh, oh, baiting. Oh, this was so that trolling you were talking about earlier. I've heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> um. what made what what made planet side special for you guys i did play a little bit but i i know it's near and dear to many people's hearts uh this was very exciting news that sony is is going to be following up on a sequel what made it special for you guys Is persistent world mm-hmm. just,
2: just just i don't know so that and like xerox and i uh you like, had a uh, clan or whatever called the face stabbers and uh, it was me and him and his son and uh I believe Ry Will, and a couple other guys from quarter to 3 and we just went around trying to stab people in the face and spam with lashers um but uh yeah it, it was just the, the persistent world, the idea that you could go somewhere if you're like a stealth hacker, walk into an enemy base, start hacking it, and eventually someone's going to notice and come try to kill you. But then a bunch of other people are going to notice and try to kill them. And then you have a giant battle going on.
0: Yeah. It's
2: just a good time.
0: So, J. Dean, were you part of this group? How? how um, so, it sounds like you just, again, were a dilettante with Planetside, right? <laughs> that is uh, my usual method of operations.
1: <laughs> just to, you know, get my toes in there, see if the water's warm or cold or wet, and then take it out again and go move on to the next one. But I did play for a couple months, I think, um, up to the level cap, which was pretty low, but you could try an awful lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, I was inspired by the uh, Grinding the Cube thread way back when. I I was lurking in (laughs) a long time before I started posting, Um, and that was one thing that really got me interested in the game. Um, and, yeah, just like you said, the persistent world, um, just the variety of things you could do in the game, a uh, variety of tactics, uh, the scale of it. Um, there was one uh, mission, I guess you could call it. Someone decided, hey, let's get a bunch of us together and go over to those guys and try to blow them up. And just the assembly, you know, took a long time, but it looked so great. You know, all these tanks lined up, neatly arrayed, uh, ranks of infantry, um, you know, aircraft going overhead, We, our column moved out, we teleported or whatever to the enemy side and promptly got massacred, and then there were recriminations and people talking about, oh, we must have been sold out by traitors on the inside, and just that whole experience was hilarious and, and fun, even if we didn't come anywhere close to achieving our objectives. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: so, uh, so th- when Planet Sight 2 comes out, can I play it on my PlayStation 3? that's a great question
1: I think so far they've only been talking about PCs but I would think that Sony's kind of moved on enough I mean they had this, this console mm-hmm. uh, I would prefer playing it on a PS3 than on a,
0: on a PC Jason R.J. McMaster how do you feel about that?
2: Oh I don't know I mean <laughs> I, uh, PS3 um, no I'd probably play it on PC
0: so you're okay with Planetside being dumbed down for a console system who, me? No. no, no. <laughs> no I, uh, I, that's I, what I have to wonder. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that they would like to be able to tap into that player base, but I can't imagine the stuff in Planetside. Uh, you know what? Maybe it would work on a, on a PS3. I, I don't know. But you guys mentioned the scale. It was a huge part of the appeal. Uh, there's a great game that reminds me a lot of Planetside, which is a PS3 exclusive, uh, and it's called Mag. I thought
1: you'd bring that up. Yeah. That's, yeah, That's a pretty good game.
0: Now, Mag doesn't have, you know, it's considerably more uh, confined than Planetside in that there's no airplanes and helicopters. I mean, they're in there, but you're not flying around. It's a strictly infantry-based game. There's a little bit of vehicle stuff, but nowhere near as hardy as it is in, in Planetside. Um, but I, you know, I, I would love to see something like that on a PS3. But considering how what a great job Mag does, and it's still a little bit, it's still a bit more confined than PlanetSide, I just can't imagine them being able to create that PlanetSide experience and making it work on on a PS3. I don't know. We'll find out. Actually, I was, I was just kind of kidding, McMaster. Do you, does either of you know? Is is there? Is this something they plan to support? Um. I don't think
2: so, the, okay. but I'm not sure. Just, but uh, the reason I say I don't think so is it's supposed to be kind of a League of Legends-esque microtransaction model, right? Well, I'm,
1: so, I'm
0: sure yeah. the, the PlayStation Store is secure and would never be closed down or run into any technical <laughs>
1: snafus. So, well, just oh.
0: like Sony Online, I suppose. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that that stuff's secure. Yeah, it's perfectly yeah. Uh, uh, so what was, uh, uh, Jadeen what was the specific, so, so you were mentioning that the announcement was that it's officially free-to-play. Had they been very specific about what that means and what they're going to charge for?
1: Nope, that's all they said. So I imagine, um, I don't know, for when I hear free-to-play, I think uh, base game is free, uh, probably advertising models, which were in the first game, uh, even though that, was a little odd at some points for real-world advertisements in this sci-fi war setting. Um, that would probably actually make a lot more sense if, uh, like this new Syndicate game, if that had real-world advertisements for a huge corporate presence. Um, but, uh, but I don't think Syndicate's going to be free to play at all.
0: Right? No, they're going to they're going to milk you for your sixty bucks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh. J.D., when can we play Planetside 2? That is a
1: great question also. (laughs) Um, I remember in the spring, there were signs that it would be out by last spring, and now I don't think there's even a beta officially announced yet. Right. Although I'm not as much of a a Planetside fan as some, um, but I was kind of trolling around fan sites. Um, So far, there's no beta announced yet. They're just, you know, the the developers are talking about it and how cool it's going to be, which isn't that surprising of a tack for them to take. Um, I don't no. think any of them would be like, oh, this is going to suck, save your money.
0: Now, do you but, know offhand, is it an internal studio at Sony? Is this being farmed out to to another developer? Do you know? I'm pretty sure it's the same, well,
1: mostly the same team as, as the First Planet site, although I'm not 100% on that. I could have totally inaccurate information that I've given you.
0: If that's the case, and I wouldn't be surprised, but if that's the case, I would wonder what the heck have those guys been doing <laughs> since the original PlanetSide? What did they put them to work on before they decided? You know what? We're doing PlanetSide two. Uh, right. I don't know. Uh,
1: and isn't that the thing about MMOs where you have the original development team, and then once it goes live, then you have like a separate team coming yeah. up with new stuff to do?
0: It's like sure. Post-release support, generally. Uh, yeah. See, you know your MMOs, J.D i'm a dilettante but
1: i try to keep my ear to the ground
0: (laughs) Uh, all right let's see how much you guys know about this uh my news story of the week uh it was a reuters article reporting on the fallout of nintendo's address that opened uh, the tokyo game show uh and according to this reuters article nintendo is not doing very well uh you know they've they've Captured lightning in a bottle with the Wii, and it's just made scads of money for them. You know, their business model to have their own uh, first-party titles that are exclusive to their hardware uh, has served them very well. You know, Mario and Pokemon and whatnot made them a lot of money. They're doing fine. The DS selling like crazy. But uh, this Reuters article pointed out that things are kind of shifting. The 3DS, you know, the 3D version of the DS did not sell as well as they predicted uh as a result the company has scaled back its uh its predicted financial performance dramatically uh a couple of things that are fate that are at issue here uh is the threat of smartphones um things like like the the ipad and 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 uh whatnot you know that that's sort of meeting the need that the ds used to meet for a lot of people um nintendo's Consistently, sort of failed at keeping par with the online scene. Whether it's multiplayer support, uh, using online stuff as a social platform, microtransactions—like they're they're playing—they've been playing catch up for a while. Um, they're also dealing with some doubts and some confusion about whatever this Wii U thing is, and I don't even know the answer to that. Uh, oh God! <laughs> yeah, Jason R.J. McMaster, explain to me the Wii U. You
2: know. Um Oh God! Uh, you know who knows? Like I know that the a lot of the demo stuff that wasn't it the demo stuff they showed in HD wasn't that on like a 360 or 360 footage at E3 if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it looks like you tape a bunch of Wiis together, and then what you do is you buy an iPad and you control your tape together Wiis with an iPad. It sounds and, it sounds and your take two don't come with the iPad.
0: What you're describing, Jason R. J. McMaster, sounds like something that I would craft at one of those workbenches in Dead Island. Oh yes, or Dead Rising. Or Dead Rising, yeah. Uh, so that that's uh, is it the end of an era for Nintendo? Are, are they sort of waning? And it seems the crux of the matter is that traditionally, for years now, they've appealed to non gamers. You know, like yeah. casual gamers and kids and families, and now. All those people are playing Angry Birds for ninety-nine cents instead of whatever Mario game is on sale for thirty bucks, Uh, and so Nintendo has to deal with that. And uh, you know they're sort of slow to adapt, and and we'll see what happens. Uh, How do you? mm
2: -hmm? What are they going to do? You know, I mean, they they've been relying on the exact same thing for what the last ten years. We'll release a relatively gimmicky console and then we'll support it with some really great first-party titles, and then some, you know, third-party is either non-existent or you have, like, Carnival Games 5000 or whatever that's, you know, whatever's being trolled out at GameStop nowadays. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just that, uh, you know, I have a Wii, and I've had one for a while, and I liked the bowling you know, I, I didn't really care much for the Zelda game or any of the other stuff, really, that I've played on it. I mean, I don't know. House of the Dead was pretty good.
1: But <laughs> but it does seem like they either make games for children or they try to get back to people who used to be children and played Nintendo games as children. And then just, you know, update the franchises as far as the first party uh, titles go.
0: So I had never played the Star Fox games. These were like on the Nintendo 64, me, I me think. Maybe either. I yeah, think the and, Super NES. Yeah, be probably even. Yeah, you're right. Like real early, like that. Uh, so Star Fox 3D comes out, and I'm like, oh, I want to look at this. I've never played a Star Fox game. I'm gonna check this out. I'll, I'll bet it'll be cool. Uh, so I'm playing Star Fox 3D on the Nintendo 3DS, and it, even though I've never played Star Fox, it just feels like so old. It's an update of. I guess Star Fox 64 or whatever, uh, right. and it, it, I really get the sense that they just they're just updating like old stuff. There's nothing like it's just a uh, a sort of a canned arcade spaceship shooter kind of deal. That I it's the kind of thing that I might have played ten years ago. Uh, so yeah, Dean, what Nintendo hardware do you own? Oh, I own the uh, the original
1: NES, and then I <laughs> sold that when I was twelve um and uh since then i've had i've known people who have owned it um the the later stuff i have some friends who have Wii's now my girlfriend's brother has a 3ds um and i saw him play you know a 10 year old game uh uh not wind waker ocarina of time on that Mm -hmm. so you know that's actually
2: pretty nice looking on there
1: it is but you know it's kind of a something that has been done before
0: oh many times yeah, yeah yeah Uh, well, J. Dean, how are you going to play Kirby Mass Attack if you don't have your own uh, Nintendo DS? I will just have to play something
1: on the PC or something and just forget that Kirby Mass Mass, Mass effects?
0: Is there uh, a Kirby Mass Effect? If there isn't, there should be. Can someone get on that? <laughs> there will be now. Let me tell you, Kirby is far more interesting than that Shepard fellow. I'm oh, just gonna God. throw that out there right now. Are you going, oh God, because you agree with me or because you think I'm trolling? Because in this this is a rare you're, you're so trolling. I am not trolling. <laughs> I am not trolling. <laughs> I'm right now seriously suggesting that Kirby is a more interesting character than either Dude Shepherd or female Shepherd. So there. Yeah, I mean he's I'll, a ghost like that
1: the- eats stuff, right?
0: I don't know if he's a ghost or he's a I think he's fleshy. I think he's corporate. Like I think he's a corporeal being. Uh and yeah, he eats stuff. And then whatever he has eaten gets converted into, like, a hat that he wears to show that he has eaten it and uh, consumed its power. You know what? I think Kirby might be like a Native American shaman or something. Like, they eat something's heart and they get its strength. I think Kirby's like that.
2: (laughs) So let me understand this. If Nintendo is having trouble, then what exactly is popular in Japan now?
0: Monster Hunter, which is now on Nintendo. Or it will be as soon as the uh, they're they're adding a little extra analog stick that you can, you know, snap it onto the side of your Nintendo DS and you can play Monster Hunter. Oh, and
1: wasn't that part of the um, the article too, Tom, where um, where Nintendo was saying, yeah, we're no longer really making games that are popular for the world, but hey, in Japan, we're doing fine, and that's all we care about now. Or was that
2: that's no, that's basically the stance that a lot of uh, Japan has taken. Like
0: yeah. wise yeah, I think what Nintendo is trying to say, of course, is we're, we're doing something for everyone. here' are some core games, here are some casual games, here's some family friendly games uh, you know i can 't imagine Nintendo would say something like that their, their Their stock would drop a heck of a lot more than five percent, which is what it dropped after the, uh, the TGS uh, presentation they gave. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure they're putting a happy face on it. And if you were to talk to Nintendo, they'd say, Japan loves us and the world loves us, and they will continue to love us and look at these awesome things that we're making for them.
2: I like the 3DS. I think it's pretty cool.
0: I, uh, as a DS, yeah, I get nothing out of the 3D. I actually like the th- the look of the 3D, but I have yet to play a game that makes me want to leave it on. Uh,
2: well, sure, yeah. When I'm playing Pilot Wings or whatever, I turn it off. It just becomes too distracting.
0: Right. Uh, But I do love that uh, analog stick. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's worth it. Uh, uh, Do you guys know, I discovered this, this was in that Reuters article, do you know what Nintendo means in Japanese? And actually, I read this in the article and I kind of, I I think I'm being punked. I, I don't know that I believe this. Do you guys know what Nintendo means? I do. I can't remember right now. JD, really... as as the as the former owner of a what did you say Super NES? Do no, you, just uh, a
1: plain old NES.
0: <laughs> oh, plain old NES. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, boy, was it like happy playing card company? Well, they
2: uh, are playing. Yeah. Were, yeah, they were playing cards. That's for sure.
0: Apparently, according to this article, it means leave luck to heaven. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah. I'm I, I'm going to trust but verify on on that. <laughs> Uh, uh, All right, so those are our news stories of the week. So, Jason R.J. McMaster, what should we move on to next?
2: Well, let's see. We have one thing left, and that is Game of the Week. I'm excited Uh, about this. I know you are. I know what yours is going to
1: be. No, you don't.
0: You have no idea. Is it uh, Dead Island again? Now, we've decided, actually, have we decided, uh, is there an official ruling, Jason R.J. McMaster? Can someone pick the same game two weeks in a row? yeah why not if oh, you right. want you're terrible I'm going to vote no and then we'll have to refer it to Jay Dean. J. Dean, you are the supreme court in this situation can a person pick the same game two weeks in a row as their game of the week hmm. I think that there
1: would be some sort of ordinance against it um, I wouldn't think it's a capital crime but there would be some
0: light fine involved Jason R.J. McMaster I think I just won this debate
2: yeah, I mean, I can see that. I would hope the good taste would quit you or, or stop you from picking the same game, but
0: you know. Well, now we have a, a reference to an actual ordinance, so they're they're now. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: We right, won't so stop you from talking about it, but maybe it could be something else. Some other game could be the actual game of the week,
0: right? And you could use it to segue into whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. So. That's... All right. So who's going first, Jason R. J. McMaster? Um. You know what? Go ahead and go, Tom. Mm. Uh So what I was going to do, I was going to pick the game of the week that I was actually playing and liking the most, which is, believe it or not, no lie, Command & Conquer Generals, which is like 30 years old or, or whatever. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's, really like, it's really brain dead and stupid, but by good golly, I'm just having a great time playing it with some friends, and we all suck at it. But, man, it's just so much, I'm going to say it again, it's so much fun. Uh, but I'm not going to do that for my game of the week. I'm actually going to talk about, for my game of the week, a game that I'm playing and really, really not liking. Uh, oh. And I'm not allowed to say this until midnight, uh, the time that we're recording. So when we stop recording, don't tell anyone I said this until the podcast is posted. But uh, I, don't, I don't like Gears of War 3 at all. Uh, I just oh – I'm not offended by it, but I, I just feel like I'm, I'm playing something that was made by and for 14-year-old boys – and it's the kind of game that I play, and I hope nobody walks in the room and sees me playing it uh, because then they would look at it. And I just, it, it's just, and I'm talking mainly about the single-player campaign. It's just the same old thing, and the level design is just terrible, and the engine doesn't look that good, and these characters are so stupid, and the, the story is taking itself so seriously. And uh, Microsoft sent out press copies with a list of um, things they didn't want reviewers to spoil. It's like, please don't spoil this in your review. And one of the things they don't want us to spoil, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's like where, like, this late game stuff that happens that's supposed to be, like, really cool and innovative. And, and, and it's the same thing that every other freaking shooter does. And I'm just going to tell you basically what it is it's like an on-rail sequence where you're in a turret. It's the equivalent of a Call of Duty game where you're in in the back of a Jeep manning a gun and the Jeep just drives around on rails. They do this kind of thing in Gears of War all the time and it happens again late in the game and and, uh, Microsoft is, is like, this is a cool thing. We don't want you to spoil. And I'm like, every game does this. And so the overwhelming sensation I get playing through Gears of War 3's single player campaign is everything you guys are trying to do, with one exception, I'll tell you about that exception in a minute. Everything they're trying to do in Gears of War 3, that's like the crazy over-the-top characters, the locations, the big guns. Uh, there's these mechs in there. Uh, they're doing stuff with like an unlockable system. It's, it's multiplayer co-op for four players. Of course, the crazy bosses, oh, uh, yeah. uh, the vehicle stuff, even that on rail stuff, the story. All of those things were done better in Lost Planet 2. So there you go. That's and and I I'm you know, I haven't finished it. I've still got the last chapter to get through. Uh, but the one thing Gears does better, which Lost Planet 2 didn't even try, is is play as this sort of tactical cover-based shooter. You know, that's been the well, whole, that's, whole that Gears takes. Right. Uh,
2: that's what I like about it. That's like my favorite part of the game. Is they, the, is yeah. the combat is it feels like more like anything I I would imagine being like, combat than any other game I've played. Just and, the way the roadie run stuff, the way you can slam into cover, yeah. you know, the debris flying everywhere. It's just kind
0: of... And you know where you can get that, Jason R.J. McMaster? In Gears of War 2. Well,
2: yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't have a 3 after it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're absolutely right, my friend. That is the main appeal of Gears of War 3. It's just, it's that number. So, yeah, I just, I really just am not digging that, that single-player campaign. Now, that Being said, I will say, uh, you know, the horde mode. The changes they've made to the horde mode are really, really cool. Uh, You know, as you're playing a a little horde game, you are now interacting with the map a lot more by by putting down and upgrading defenses and there's a sort of a meta Oh, that's game.
2: awesome.
0: It's oh. great, yeah. It, and, it, you know, you're, you're changing this. Sh- you know, before they had those shields that you could plant, and you could sort of make color. Yeah. So they, they realized, hey, this is a cool idea. Let's sort of formalize this and make it hardier, and you can place barriers and turrets and things and decoys that the monsters go after. And there's an, there's an economy there where you're, you're spending your money to do that, and you're, there's a meta game where you're leveling up your ability to use different deployables, basically, on the map. Uh, awesome. And that has just really hooked me and kept me going. Uh, even though the game's not out yet, I've just been playing single player horde mode to just level up my character so I can build a better turret. And uh, you know, I really like the way that it makes you feel interactive with the map. Um, oh,
2: I'll be playing a lot of gears a uh, horde mode, I'm sure. So I'll, now, I'll certainly help you level up your turret. As creepy as that sounds.
0: Have <laughs> to make it sound dirty. Uh, <laughs> Now, uh, there's also, I don't know if, I, I remember being really intrigued by this when they talked about it at the last couple of E3s, there's a new Horde mode called yeah. Beast Mode. Uh, the twist being that now you're playing the different monsters besieging AI characters playing the human role, you know, building defenses and, and holding out. Uh, so the idea is that when you spawn, you pick one of the different monsters, and you, you make a rush on the human defenses, and you try to kill them and take out their defenses. Different monsters have different capabilities. Uh, and the sense of advancement through higher tiers of monsters is self-contained within a match. So as you're playing, you unlock better monsters as as you do well and, and defeat increasingly powerful uh, – they're not waves because they kind of stand there and you have to attack them, but levels, I guess, of human uh, defense. So
2: it's kind of like cribbing heavily from Left 4 Dead's versus mode?
0: No, because Left 4 Dead is so much about traversal, like trying to move across the map. Yeah, that's
2: true, but, I mean, the whole idea of, like, stalking
0: yes you know. well well yeah like picking the special attackers with special abilities right, in that right. situation it's very much like left for dead where you spawn as one of the special zombies oh. with a special power or
2: uh, like uh dead space 2 you remember the uh kind of uh
0: versus mode in it yeah yeah but but the difference being that was a versus mode this is just uh, well proper. right this is just how right. humans are the, the beasts, um, and then the, the, the all the human players are the beasts, and then the other side of the, the the opponents are that are controlled by the AI are the human beings, the good guys. Right.
1: Um, so there can be a, a beast versus
0: horde mode? You know what? There is there cannot. So the the versus mode is the traditional uh, just death match. There's a king of the hill, yeah. mode, but it's and I don't think any of that is new as far as I can tell. Uh, it's the same, you know, capture the leader. I think it's the new same. weapons, but that's about it. There are some new weapons, and I guess I don't know gears enough to really appreciate how or whether they. And that's another thing where I really like Lost Planet better is i feel like there's so much more personality in their crazy weapons than there are in these admittedly cool weapons in gears 3 but oh, i just yeah. don't see them mixing up the gameplay nearly as much as it did with, with lost planet
2: it's kind of a big change from gears 2 uh, they added the two you know the Big changes like uh, retro lancer and sawed off shotgun.
0: See what and- I, I cannot. So I want you to explain this to me, McMaster, because for the life of me, I can't kill anything with a freaking sawed off shotgun. I remember you oh. had written about how effective it was. The retro right. lancer just feels like a weak lancer. I don't know why yeah. anyone would ever take that. Tell me what makes those cool, Jason right. McMaster.
2: Okay, so the sawed-off shotgun is the you-don't-aim weapon. What you do is you roll up to something, and you pull the trigger. As long as you're facing it, you're probably going to kill it. range.
0: I want to interject real quick. I agree it has no range. You don't have to aim it, but I never kill anything with it. I roll up to something, because that's what you said to do, and I shoot at something, and it doesn't die, and then I'm in the middle of a, a 10-year reloading animation.
2: Well, that is a bad time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if it takes forever to reload it. It's a one-shot weapon, so I, I guess I just need to be more careful about getting closer, or maybe a little bit of aiming. But I have just yeah, not to bring anything you, down.
2: You want to hit them in the chest, head area for sure, whether, okay. if possible, you just want to kind of be pointed in that in that direction. Now, the retro lancer is a weapon that covers the area in between the immediate. And the probably the short range of like lancer fire, it, it it's more of like the answer to somebody charging you to shotgun you. Mm-hmm. You can like the the actual projectiles do a good bit more damage. It's just like completely inaccurate comparably to mm-hmm. any of the other weapons. So if you can get them. To where you can keep your aiming reticle around their body, you're pretty much going to kill anybody that's coming near you. It's it's pretty crazy. It's the one way you can stop a a good shotgun rush if you do it right.
0: So I just want to say, Jason R. J. McMaster, you've are, like I think you've done a great job articulating the role that it plays and why it's cool for people who knows Gears, for people <laughs> who know the the game Gears of War. But but from my perspective as just a layman, call me a dilettante. Uh, <laughs> You're talking about something that, that's a little in between stopgap measure, and, and to me, sure. that's that that's sort of like it. That sort of feels like a cold, mechanical thing. Like I don't care about that. Uh, and maybe I'm just expecting more. Maybe I sort of just resonate more with uh, Lost Planet Two's just crazy over-the-top personality. Whereas oh, Gears, sure. because it's a tactical shooter, like you're talking about, this retro lancer fills an important role. Like it's an important thing that Gears fans will appreciate.
2: Oh uh, yes, very much so. Because I hate being rushed with a shotgun. I used well. I also got pretty good with a retro lancer after unlocking the cold version in the uh, beta which took a lot of time.
0: Now, that's strictly cosmetic, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that I, I, I love that cool you care guy. about that, by the way. I love that you care about that. Uh, and one of the things I do appreciate, uh, and I had some misgivings about this at first, but I do appreciate that there's no material advantage of that you can't unlock better weapons like when a match starts everybody's equal it's not this call of duty meta progression where somebody who's played a lot more is going to get better equipment and therefore even though they're better than me they still get an advantage by having better weapons than me
2: oh that's like the worst part of the call of duty thing is that the better players are so rewarded that the lower level players you know it's really, it's soul crushing. Now it's not Counter-Strike soul crushing, but it's soul crushing.
0: And and one of the reasons, too, that I'm glad that Gears doesn't do this is because it does let me experience that sort of tactical element of it. It's not, when I run around the corner, is the other guy not going to notice me long enough for me to get in a couple of shots, and then I'll get a right. kill? You kill. Know, the only way I'm going to get kills in Call of Duty is to surprise someone. Here, yeah. I really feel like I can play the same game that people who are really good are playing, where I can use cover, I can flank someone, I can stick with my buddies. Uh, I, I feel like... Uh, you know, all the gameplay is, is there for me and I don't have to wait to luck into kills. Um, oh,
2: absolutely. That's one of the things I liked, uh, about Gears of War is there is a progression, but it really doesn't mean anything. It's just achievements and challenges and that kind of thing. And they, they, If I remember correctly, they're the first ones that really did the whole, like, little pop-ups that track your achievements while you're getting them. And, yeah, I remember that in Gears of War 2. is like, Uh, the first time I saw
0: that. Yeah, I love that. As much as I'm sitting here saying, oh, I don't like the single player, I'm loving, like, all the stuff I'm unlocking and all the little rewards I'm getting and how uh, it's showing me how much progress I'm getting towards the different achievements. And I (laughs) I just love that stuff.
2: And that's the big thing, like, with Gears to me is also I have a lot of fun playing co-op. And the four-player is really appealing to me because, like, I have a a group of my friends all play the game, so it'll give us a chance to all go through it together instead of having to, you know, split up or whatever.
0: Now, here's a weird thing, though, about the single-player is it is so geared towards four-player co-op. I'm sure it is. And so you always have three AI players with you, and they're kind of, and this is a tricky balance for a game designer, the AI players are... Are kind of good. Like they're they're getting kills. I don't care if I die because one of them's going to come along and resurrect me. Uh, I'm just playing on the normal difficulty level, and a lot of the levels I kind of feel like they can play themselves, and that's not really a problem so much because I, I appreciate that it's not prohibitively difficult. I'm just hoping that it doesn't throw up some difficulty spike by the time it gets to the end, like that guy who has the bats around him in the first game. Like, like I think okay. what they want to do is they want it to be a welcoming, easy game for guys like me. And guys like you, McMaster, can start right off on, I think it's hardcore mode, and then there's insane that you unlock. But, but I feel like the normal level is, is really easy, partly because the AI dudes are, are so effective.
2: Well, yeah, you know, and then I, it's it's funny you mention that because there's another game that pops immediately to mind, which is uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2, and it's the exact opposite of that. That is like the one game I, I, I think of every time I think of like AI players and bad. Right. It's like they were just – I remember one sequence while I was playing through it. I kept getting shot to death, and they were all just kind of standing there watching me. <laughs> you know, like it's like a couple of feet away, and I was like, "Just come on, guys, just one time," you know. But no, they just watch me die.
0: Well, that is that is a really tough tuning act. I mean, because you know, do you want them yeah. to play the game for you? Do you want them like like when I play Left for Dead with my friends, we do far worse than when I play alone because the bots in Left for Dead are better than my friends, and I, I feel there's going to be a similar situation with Gears of War three uh, co op unless. Jay, jason R. J jason rj mcmaster you are one of the friends playing with me i'm sure you would be better than a bot
2: oh yeah no i, I well i hope I, <laughs> I am uh simple enough that i went through and got the freaking gold retro lancer I'm like a crazy person
0: <laughs> now jay dean have you experienced uh a gears of war game do you know uh, who do you know who marcus phoenix is for instance i'm pretty sure he was in one of the tekken games <laughs> wow good very nice
1: um, um No, I played uh, one of the first Unreals and the demo for Unreal Tournament number 1. I had a lot of fun with those, but uh, the Gears of War thing came on. Um, A lot of my friends were no longer into shooters. Uh, So it's basically like uh, your bog-standard Space Marine guy running around, except he's a lot tubbier and there's stuff to hide behind. That's kind of the, the good thing about Gears.
0: Uh, I, w- I don't know. I would say good thing, but yes, those are the distinguishing characteristics. The guys have no necks. They look ridiculously uh, pro wrestler ish, I guess.
2: And Gary Widow wrote the original story.
0: In Gears really? of War?
1: Yeah.
2: Gears of War 3, you mean? I don't know about 3, but he wrote the original.
1: Was it good? Eh. Uh,
2: <laughs> they, they edited it quite heavily, <laughs> from what I understand, too.
0: Okay. Uh, so what, uh, what console shooters do you play, J. Dean? Um, you can laugh if you
1: want, but, um, as far as shooters go, uh, I go for the cheap and the kind of mindless, uh, Battlefield 1943, uh, has been on my hard drive, I guess, of the PS3 for a long time, um, and that's something I can just jump in, and I really like the learning curve back in the day, where it was, first, here's how you move around, then mm-hmm. here's how you start to use more complicated Weapons, then more complicated vehicles, then, oh, yeah, squads, those help, and then Mm -hmm. kind of the overall arcing thing. So I still, you know, sometimes do okay, but usually get outclassed by the guys who have been playing nonstop for hours a week since it came out years ago. Um, It's only three maps, but, you know, it's it's fun. It's pretty mindless. Um, So that's the sort of shooter I'm most comfortable with. Uh, Let's see, other shooter stuff...
0: Well, let me ask you about that then. So, have you seen Battlefield Vietnam, which they released as, as a similar kind of situation? It was a downloadable game. It just had a handful of maps. Did you play that?
2: That had that was Bad no. Company Two required. I think I think that was just a reskin of that.
0: Oh, Company. I didn't realize that. Okay, it was. So that was bad. like
1: a expansion pack or a conversion sort of. Yeah,
2: I believe so. I, I could be wrong, but I if I I think that was right. I think it was like a big like conversion pack for Bad Company Two
0: to make it Vietnam. So, so J. Dean, you just have a PS3, is that correct?
1: As far as consoles go, yeah. Yeah, Um, they got my loyalty or mind share or whatever uh, in the last edition of the Console Wars. Uh, I didn't really care for the Xbox. Um, When the PS3 came out, I thought, hey, Blu-ray player, I could use one of those. Uh, Xbox 360 didn't have that yet. Um, So I waited for the price to drop finally and got a PS3. And uh, I I usually am content with, like... um, PC games and one console.
0: And now, usually
1: mm-hmm. and you know usually there's enough titles on the one where there will be way more that I can find myself playing.
0: Now you can't really call yourself a Sony fanboy until you've picked up like one of their higher profile shooters, because they have their own equivalents to Halo and Gears of War, which are three sixty exclusives. Why have you not fallen prey to either of any of those?
1: I like so, old- so there's there's Mag and and what are the other Sony exclusives? Not
0: even Mag. Like I would say Mag no, is kind no. of itchy. So so the Sony exclusive shooters. I'm gonna rattle these off, J. Dean, and I want you to tell me why you haven't played each of them in turn. You ready? Go for why it. Why are you not a SOCOM apologist? SOCOM? That's where you went with that? I'm not done. I'm not done, uh, Jason R.J. McMaster. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm starting to... So, (laughs) so, so SOCOM, that 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 was... (laughs) That was
1: a carryover from the first generation. I thought the technology wasn't proven, and I didn't want to waste my money on it.
0: Very good. Good answer. Good answer. uh, And that's kind of, I think, uh, a Sony exclusive... like That that was their military sim shooter kind of thing. Uh, And it's got a following... Uh, so, okay, so that's a good answer for now. Let's get into the the stuff that I'm sure that Jason R.J. McMaster was talking about. Why aren't you playing Resistance 1, 2, and 3? Oh, that's oh, not I...
1: on the 360? I didn't know no. that. Oh, no, um, yeah. I, I liked the demo, but I thought it, w- it was not good enough to get. It, it. The story was a little derivative from what it was supposed to be of this, you know, glorious story of, uh, you know, overcoming the oppressive whatever kind of like, total recall without arnold schwarzenegger um i like the idea of the uh, destructible environments but i don't know um if i'm gonna get a game um uh, i usually have to get kind of swayed into it or like l.a Noir, just be hooked on the theme or the setting or you know maybe a chance uh, pre-release interview or something
0: okay now, now just so you know this is uh set in the 1950s, it's a historical game about when the Chimera aliens invaded Earth back in the 50s. Do you not care about that time in history?
1: That's Resistance? Oh, I was thinking of um, what's the one on Mars? The... uh... You are oh, so cute. Red Faction. <laughs> oh, I'm adorable.
0: Red, you know, Red Faction though did have a resistance uh, sort that of was a, a component to it. You were a resistance fighter. You were a gorilla. So
1: I was thinking of Red Faction. So when you're hearing me talk about destructible environments,
0: well, I was know. wondering. I was like, well, yeah, I guess. I was thinking
1: about start. that too.
0: I was, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe some things in the environment break or have a destruction animation. So technically, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, that was Red Faction, which was not platform exclusive. The resistance games, which are from the folks that. Did these Ratchet and Clank charming games? It's them wanting to do their own Call of Duty, so it's like a World War II themed game, but with aliens. You see, and that's mm-hmm. the Halo aspect of it with the I'm wacky kind of weapons, the hairy turtle dove, alternate history kind of thing. There you go. Yeah, um, so, I don't know. Like, I, if you completely answered why you didn't play it because you didn't even know what the heck it was. If they had better marketing, you
1: know, all they had to do was you know pass the whisper the right words to the right journalists, um, and
0: uh, maybe I would have picked it up. I don't okay. know. Well, here's the, here's the one that I would recommend uh, if you were to want to branch out into a PS3 exclusive shooter. MAG, of course, is great, but if you want to get into one of their like high-profile ones. Jason R.J. McMaster, do you know where I'm going with this? I can only think of one left, so I hope I do. And do you do you know that I would recommend this? That I really really like the multiplayer in it.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say you really like the multiplayer. I remember that because, okay. and I agree. I really like the way the game mode changes and all that's pretty cool. <laughs>
0: all right, well here if you, you go
1: you're talking about Demon Souls. I'm totally behind that.
2: <laughs> <You Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's their
0: high profile shooter. Yeah, yeah, that's Sony exclusive shooter, Demon Souls. Uh, <laughs> So, so J.D., there's a a series of mostly nondescript sci-fi shooters called Killzone on the PS3. Uh, Killzone 2 and, most recently, Killzone 3 had a fantastic mode uh, called, I think, maybe Warzone?
2: Yeah, I think it was Warzone.
0: Yeah, and the idea is Killzone beautiful graphics engine it's a i think a dutch developer named i can't think of their name but anyway it's a it's, i think it's their own graphics engine it does a great job of really big is it, it gorilla de- games no that's resistance. no no i think you're right i think you're right yeah it is gorilla games insomniac yeah, so. is resistance and i think gorilla kill zone and i believe they're dutch i apologize to the dutch people if i'm wrong about that but they do these huge big wide open maps with a lot of detailed geometry um and when you spawn on the map for each team Uh, like an objective is randomized like for a while you're maybe playing a capture the flag mode then you're playing capture and hold modes, then you're playing a mode where you have to kill a specific person on the enemy team and it's randomized and it changes every so often so the type of game you're playing is constantly in flux and it feels very dynamic Uh, and in that regard It's not quite the same in terms of the scale and the persistence of of Planetside, but in terms of you're jumping into a game and you're going to be doing different kinds of things. It's not jumping into a game to capture a flag or jumping into a game to play Deathmatch. You're jumping into this kind of living, evolving, dynamic world. Uh, So Killzone 3, I I heartily recommend if you decide you want to become a full-fledged Sony fanboy. (laughs) And you don't care about single-player.
1: right? Bad single-player? Is it worse or better than Gears of War 3?
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. I would say it is... Uh, that's a good question. Man, that's a very good question. I
2: Killzone 2 is definitely... I, I haven't played Gears 3, but I, I'm a Killzone 2 single player. which just... Ugh, God. Here's,
0: here's, the, here's my answer to that, I think. I think it is better... Than Gears of War Three, because when I play the Kill Zone Two story and it really makes no sense and it's ridiculous and I don't know what they're going for, I in my head think oh that's that's really cute, it's because they're Dutch <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, no offense to the Dutch people.
0: I, I mean, I watch a lot of foreign films where I don't know what the heck is going on, and I just write it up. You know, it's a different culture. They have different approaches to story. That's fine. That's their deal. I, I want to be culturally sensitive and accept that, even if it confuses me. Whereas when I'm playing Gears of War 3, all I can think is of Cliffy B perched over someone's shoulder while they're drawing a comic book and cliffy be saying yeah that's cool make it make the guy's arms bigger oh that's cool make the explosion bigger what if that creature could shoot fire out of its tentacles that's this that's what's going on in my head when i'm thinking what were they thinking uh as i'm playing gears of war 3 so Got it.
1: so Killzone's inscrutable and uh gears is immature
0: very good you just said <clears throat> to say and you only needed two words to do it well played. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, you're oh. starting to sell me on the Kill Zone. Uh, sounds pretty good. I think my reason for not playing or getting into that franchise was the uh, slight controversy about the leaked cinematics that were supposed to be in game, and I believe it was Kill Zone Two, and then it turned out to be pre-rendered or something. And and just that the lies just turned me off the whole idea.
0: Wow. Very good. Yeah. You have the memory of an elephant. I'd totally forgotten about that, but you're right. That was Kill Zone Two. Yeah.
1: Never no. again.
2: It was in development for a really long time.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Jason R. J. McMaster has anything that I has anything that I've said about Gears of War three at all cooled your enthusiasm about it? No, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, all right, so
2: no, I, I I'm a sucker for the whole space marine sci fi guy kind of thing, and the gameplay I, I just love the combat. It's, so, it's a great experience with the surround sound and everything pumped up. It's just awesome
0: now you would know more than, than me about like the the marketing of the game. I'm assuming. Can you tell me, and I don't know if you can, but what has Microsoft been saying like about the storyline like like do you know anything about how they're selling this whole single player storyline?
2: Well, it's the final chapter it's i mean the whole <laughs> thing, like that's it's the uh the end of the trilogy so i uh, you know it, they've it doesn't look good for humanity. That's what, you know, that's what all their trailers always look like. Though, so. Yeah,
1: so, so, if you've played Gears 1 and Gears 2, just all the efforts in that were pointless because now things are even
0: more critical than they were in those games? Sort of. Yeah, it's like watching a basketball game. It doesn't matter what happens in the first and the third and the second third of the basketball game. It's only the final third of the basketball game that counts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason, R.J. McMaster, do you have a favorite character in Gears? Like, do you? Uh, I, I would assume anybody in his right mind playing Gears of War would find Marcus Phoenix uh, ridiculous at best and, yeah. and and incredibly grating at worst. Uh, do you? Is there anybody in the Gears of War franchise, character-wise, who you think is kind of cool or who you don't loathe?
2: Oh, no, I, I, I think they all have their places. They're very over the top. That's, I mean, that's what entertains me about them. But I like culturing.
0: I guess everybody likes Cole, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, you have to, man. He's the Cole train.
0: So I just want to say, Jason R. J. McMaster, I am predicting, and I hope this isn't a spoiler, but I am predicting that when you play Gears of War 3, it will make you cry.
2: I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that t- Is it going to be Halo Reach level touching?
0: Uh, I just want to say Gary Jules would be so proud of uh. the use of his music, that, that Mad World cover oh really yeah and i'm not talking about trailer i'm not talking about trailer jason rj mcmaster i'm talking in game so yeah they pulled the donnie darko on you <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's my game of the week i'm not digging it i'm liking parts of it i love the horde mode cannot stand the single player uh the jury is out for the beast mode you really cannot play that one alone that one's definitely it requires a team effort I, I can make no progress in there just jumping into a game on, on my lonesome uh But overall, not hugely fond of it, but it's my game of the week because it's what I've been playing the most. Um, So over to one of you gentlemen, Jason R.J. McMaster, who is going second with your game of the week this week?
1: You want to go ahead and go? Sure, I'll go ahead. All right. All right. um, My game of the week, and I might decide to punt this uh, depending on how far I get. Um, My game of the week is a board game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as you can tell from the previous uh, hour or so of this podcast, I'm not quite up to date or not even necessarily good at a lot of video games, but I do have some interests. Um, so I've tried some of the you know tougher board games, not necessarily war games, but things like uh, Fantasy Flight's um, Arkham Horror, mm-hmm. and we've even uh, my group has even beaten it a couple of times. Um, oh, sometimes yeah. owing to lack of the rules uh, or not knowing which rules we should use. <laughs> Um, But, you know, it always takes, like, eight or ten hours longer, a lot longer than it's supposed to be because we're always going over the rules. Um, So I want to play something a little simpler but not, like, Mm -hmm. Candyland. So I picked up uh, Battleship Galaxies Mm. uh, the other day, Game Store. Um, Unboxing it was really interesting, especially compared to, like, the Fantasy Flight games I've been familiar with where uh, a lot of stuff is already pre-assembled. You don't have to punch out grommets or sprues or anything. um, It's all good to go, pretty much. Uh, The rules themselves, um, uh, right now, kind of like when I was talking about Battlefield 1943, there's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I'm squarely at the bottom of that so far. I've played like half a game, and then the other player conceded um, because I was doing pretty well. Uh, But the scenarios get more and more complex. And uh, we were kind of playing like uh, the easiest version, which has like a preset card limit. Um, maybe I should explain a little more of the setup where you have like this hex board where you have your spaceships and you're flying around with your uh, Star Wars-y, Star Trek-y, Battlestar Galactica kind of, you know, uh, space naval capital ships and fighters. And you want to blow up the, the other guys' uh, fighters
0: and capital ships. So it's a tactical space combat game.
1: Yes, um, but it's pretty simple you don't you have to worry about uh, the kinds of weapons you have um, you have to worry about uh, like shields and, and damage and, and targeting and stuff but it's still pretty simple pretty fast uh, you don't have to worry about like facing a ship or you know developing like fourth dimensional like if I move here in two turns can I spin my ship? Laterally and counterclockwise to target his ship It's a lot easier than that So games go pretty quickly um, And it it does get more complicated There's also like a card building aspect to it uh, Where your ships are uh, You can kind of determine On like a point scale What ships you want to put out uh, how tough you want them to be, and then, of course, they're more expensive. Um, and then you have this card-building aspect where you can say, okay, I want this ship, I'm going to pull these cards in my deck, I'll have these cards in my hand, uh, when it's this turn I can play out this card and, you know, launch this missile or uh, move this ship by so many things. So it's I'm really intrigued by the like the possibility of what we can do, um, you know, as we get a little better and... and uh, it's it's still like not hard like i don't think it'd be like a a four or six hour game and we're all crying with tears of exhaustion but um but it's still pretty cool you know it's one of the few games that i've actually tried to make like a pandora station to have like for background music um (laughs) because what did you pick by the way oh you know the usual kind of martial classical you know big boom sounding stuff uh with the emphasis on film scores um Mm -hmm. So, things like that.
0: Um. I just want to make a quick recommendation. There was a, a turn-based strategy game from maybe 10, 12 years ago called Emperor of the Fading Suns. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a sci-fi. That soundtrack is fantastic for any sci-fi-themed Board game or tabletop experience, and if you have the disc, you just pop it. It's one of those old discs where the first section was the data, and it goes straight to CD musical tracks. You just pop it in a CD player, although who has those anymore? Uh, and it and it just plays the music. So, yep. Yep. I'm gonna,
1: like I'm gonna, uh, Total Annihilation, or uh, I've got yeah. the Homeworld soundtrack too. Those are awesome. Exactly. Choices. Exactly.
0: Uh, so yeah. is it is it a dicey game? Like, in, is there a lot of die rolling and randomness um, when you're targeting a ship? You have two di-
1: uh, dice. Um, one is a, a, like a D8 uh, from you know, D&D games, uh, and the other is, I believe it's ten-sided, but it's with letters. So when you're close enough and the other ship's in range, it's automatically close enough to kind of hit, but then you roll the dice, and just like the original Battleship, because this is kind of like uh, an evolution of that old you know Battleship game. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you roll a G5 on the other guy's ship, uh, they look at their ship card, and they've got like a silhouette of the ship it's kind of split up into a grid. And if G5 is a hit, then you say, hey, that's a hit. And then that does kind of call back to the old board game um, where you could say, oh, G5, yep, you sunk my battleship.
0: Now, so does got- it, is it all scenario-based, where when you sit down, you were like, okay, we're going to play scenario X, Y, or Z. Like, are you picking a scenario to set up beforehand, or is it like naked setup each time, and it's just based on how you spend your points?
1: It's both. Um, the easiest one is basically like very little terrain to worry about. Uh, you know, there's preset ships and preset cards, mm-hmm. uh, but the other scenarios you can build your the decks that you want to use and the ships you want to use, and and there's different uh, kind of special hexes that can give you special things too. Mm-hmm.
0: Now I've uh, I've been playing lately uh, for a review assignment. Uh, uh, a company called Positech run by Cliff Harris has a game called Gratuitous Space Battles, uh, and it's a tactical combat simulation where you build ships, and then the AI basically fights the battle, and you, you rebuild your ships to make it do better. It's it's, it's uh, based on creating these cool ships and then seeing how they do. Um, one of the great things about Gratuitous Space Battles is how much like personality he's put into the different factions. Is there anything like that? in uh, in Battleship Galaxies? Like, they're, they're cool ideas for different kinds of ships, or is it more generic sci-fi feeling?
1: It, it's like an amalgamation of a lot of different really standard sci-fi kind of stuff, where you have one, you, you have two sides, at least in this base game. Mm-hmm. Um, one is like a standard, uh, you know, uh, Spaceship Yamato or or Galactica or whatever, and the other is supposed to be a little more organic and tyrannical and weird, or like the Reavers from Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the kind that are out of the box. And there's hints in the manual and, I guess, in the official things that there could be room for expansion, and mm-hmm. whether that would be like more tactics to use with the existing pieces, or I think if they did like licensed stuff like uh, you know Star Trek, Star Wars, all that stuff, you know, that could be pretty cool, too. Um, like, the models look pretty good. Uh, you could easily come up with, you know, ways to input them in the game and have the old, like, what would be, you know, would the uh, Enterprise blow up a Star Destroyer or something? So you could have that sort of game pretty easily if they came out
0: with it. J.D., um, everybody knows the answer to that already, by the way. The Enterprise would be obliterated by a Star Destroyer, Right. I think so, unless how did that go? There was something
1: (laughs) like if you teleport a no transport a photon torpedo into the destroyer, it'll blow up or something like that. Ah, good, good point. Yeah, that's that's I think the official ruling from the judges. Right. Um, Yeah, the the Imperial Starfleet was pretty angry about that, (laughs) that. Um. Yeah, but you know the the bad guys in the Battleship Galaxies game have the really unfortunate name of the wretch which is like an abbreviation of wretch Eridians Ir- because they're from the star Eridani or something like that but it, it's just a pretty corny cheesy name right um so you could just as easily call them the bad guys and just kind of take a sharpie to the names of the ships and just write random cool sounding words and that would work out pretty well too
0: now how you said you played a few games uh how have you fared in in it so far
1: uh, so far, it's been pretty good for me. Um, you know, I defeated my enemies and, and drove them before me and <laughs> saved, uh, saved the solar system. Is it only two players? Uh, it can go up to four, but basically at this point it's still two teams. versus. Right. Right. uh So you can have, like, uh, you know, two people gang up on one person, but they're still divvying up the sides. Um, and it's still, like, the wretch versus the... Uh, I believe it's called the ISN or something like that, or ISBN or something. Um, so uh, so you could have up to four people, but you're
0: still kind of splitting up the available pieces on each side. Right. Uh, now, how I'm curious for both of you guys, how do you approach when you get a new game like this? Uh, J.D. Dean, it sounds like you just dive in, figure out the rules as you're going, maybe play wrong a few times, uh, and just take it as it comes, and eventually learn it well enough. Uh, Jason R.J. McMaster, is that how you approach a new board game?
2: Yeah, uh, a lot of the time, um, but sometimes depending on the difficulty of it, I'll actually read the instructions and stuff first so that at least one person knows what's going
0: on. What is the hardest game yeah. that you've tried to tackle? Oh,
2: jeez. I don't know. Uh, Twilight Imperium I've played, which is a very difficult game in my opinion. Uh Jeez. When I play
1: those kinds, it really helps to have like the the mentor, the experienced guide who has maybe played a game or two.
0: You definitely need your like yeah rules mentor slash lawyer. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. a long time ago, I read an article for Game Set Watch about uh, my first time ever playing Twilight Imperium. It was bizarre. <laughs> uh,
0: I maintain that Twilight Imperium is not that complicated. There are a lot of moving pieces and interacting systems, but they're all pretty simple.
2: Yeah, I guess it's maybe just the scope of it, right? So just daunting. juggling
0: all those parts, yeah. juggling all those parts, and yeah, and how all the systems come into play with each other. And uh, the 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 genius though of Twilight Imperium is that for a game that's so slow that takes so long, everybody is always constantly involved. Like yeah. what, what can kill a board game is when you have to go around the table and it's only one person's turn. You're just waiting till it's your turn. Uh, a really well done board game makes sure that everyone is always participating in everything going on. And I think Twilight Imperium does a, does an admirable job doing that.
2: Well, I mean this. Yeah, I mean fantasy flight games have kind of this reputation for just uh, being kind of. <sighs> Complex, or I mean, not even complex as much as just having so many moving parts, right? Yeah, I mean, that's look at Arkham, for instance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: is, is Battleship Galaxy's Fantasy Flight? Uh, no, it's actually Hasbro. Hasbro? No, wait, yeah, they make games truly. for kids. Oh, exactly. here's the Hence the battleship. I didn't even realize why you were tying it into the original battleship. Oh my god! I didn't even
1: think there is that. that connection. It's it's. Uh, I think for people, maybe they're trying to aim it for people like me who think that a casual game is you know like a baby's toy. And I'm more, I'm smarter than that and better than that. So I want something that the uh, the grognards would play, whereas the French pronounce it grogna. and but still not. um. You know, not be so hard that I I wind up crying or
0: need bifocals to go over the rule book. Well, now this must mean you're very excited about the upcoming Battleship movie.
1: <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, I don't know. Will it be better than uh, Skyline or Battle for L.A.?
0: It can't be that bad. It has famous uh, people like, uh, isn't Liam Neeson in it? There's famous people yes. in this movie. It's got to be good. I'm pretty sure like- it is Liam Neeson. Yeah. And I think maybe Taylor Lautner's in it, someone like that probably. He's know. in those werewolf movies. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know who Taylor Lautner is? Aaron
2: Eckhart's in a freaking, you know, thank you for smoking and all that, and Battle for Los Angeles. That doesn't mean well.
0: Yeah, he's the <laughs> star of uh, of the core. Of course, he would be in Battle of Los Angeles, right? Oh, well, there you have it.
1: Yeah, there was a so- great art of, uh the great review of Transformers Three um, that talked about how if you took out the robots and uh, Shia LaBeouf, you basically had the cast of a Coen Brothers movie with uh, John Turturro and, and Francis McDormand and uh, John Malkovich. so uh,
0: Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I knew John Turturro. Francis McDormand and John Malkovich are in Transformers 3?
1: Yeah, I'm afraid so. I saw that at the
0: drive-in. I don't recommend it. Um, it. It's
1: something to endure. But, uh, but they definitely tried their best.
0: J.D., you never cease to amaze me. You know who Taylor Lautner is, and you saw Transformers 3. I would not have guessed those two things about you.
1: I think that if... If one person knows about one, they're likely to have experience the other.
0: That's a good point. They do kind of tie in. Is Taylor Lautner in Transformers 3?
1: I don't remember him being in that, but I don't know. He might have been a voice of an Autobot
0: or something. Well, well we've always got Transformers 4 to look forward to that for.
2: He is a uh, more than me the eye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So, Battleship Galaxies, your game of the week. Uh, do yeah. you feel now that you would be the rules mentor? Like, Do you feel like you've wrapped your head around it pretty well?
1: Not at all, but I would at least have fun trying to explain it to a new group of people or right. a new person. Um, have, yeah. Have you guys and, played? Oh, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. Nope, you go ahead. All right, I just wanted to also take this opportunity to give a, a shout out to uh, to my quarter to the three uh, partners that play D and D, which is another kind of Hasbro game with me every week on Skype.
0: Now I'm not familiar. You mentioned something called a D eight. I don't know what that is, but it's apparently something from D and D. What's going on here? What is this?
1: It's a polygon, or it's a polygonal shape um, that randomly determines numbers.
0: It's impossible because those have six sides. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> with uh, science, they've done amazing things. You do not actually play Dungeons & Dragons with real people? Actually, yeah. Um,
1: I didn't get into it until about a year and a half ago, um, but we've had like a solid... Uh, Pretty much weekly game. Uh, me and uh, some other luminaries of the quarter three board, mm-hmm. um, and so you know we've we've gone through the plot. There's a lot of interesting kind of moving pieces where we are playing Dungeons and Dragons, but we could take it in different directions. I mean, we're playing over Skype, but we could be going over Google Voice. Uh, we use this one program called Fantasy Grounds Two to kind of keep track of dice rolling and uh, the the maps and stuff. Um, but there's other products out there too. Um, and, you know, and we kind of keep track of things on quarter to three on one thread where we could be going, you know, other, other ways too. So I think it's kind of interesting how we kind of make this collaboration of, of pieces, um, to play a game, which probably was just intended to be played around a, a kitchen table. It's
0: technology, man. I know. Now let yeah. me ask you, uh, who's your DM? All right. We got Robo Boston. Yep.
2: Oh, Robbo, I play he played a uh, Planet Side with
0: me. Oh yeah, he was
1: he was uh grinding the cube with you guys. Oh yeah. Cool. And he's yep. the DM? He's the DM. Um this uh another one of our players, uh Exalt, um, kind of came up with the idea as a one shot and we had a lot of fun and then Rob thought, well, why don't we try making a weekly thing out of it? Um so uh there's uh, Exalt, there's Rob, uh there's Pogo, who you mm-hmm. might remember. And there's Gendal, who you might remember, and myself. Uh, So, you know, um, some of us are into the tactical things. Others are more into the story kind of things. Um, That was another moving part of, like, how do we decide, like, what we're adventuring for. And there's an an adventure path called uh, uh, War of the Burning Skies that we've been playing. So um, that's another thing that, you know, could be swapped out pretty easily. Uh, Rob is a DM, so he follows the adventure path for the most part, but he's certainly... Uh, he's freely making up new maps on the fly or new side quests or, you know, tweaking it to
0: make it more interesting and more fun. As a DM should do, yeah. Now, uh, Jadeen, I need you right now to make a saving throw against me calling you a nerd. All right. I got an 8. Nerd. Wow. Nerd. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> uh, all right, Jadeen, what are you going to say to the Tavern Keeper? Um, Boy, I... <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, I'm I'm griefing you, but I bless your hearts for playing D anD. d I admire that uh, that you guys can do that. I just can't help but think that any game where somebody ever is going to say to me, "What are you going to say to the tavern keeper?" I mean, I'm such a mechanics oriented gamer at this point that I think if I were confronted with that situation, I w- I would just be paralyzed yeah. with the decision and have no idea how to respond.
1: You would probably just you know hit the triangle button and scroll through the. What's
0: on exactly. tap list. Exactly, yes. Whereas I would
1: just say, well, what do you have on tap?
0: No, that's how, that's how you talk to tavern keepers and maidens and dragons. You hit the triangle key until the text goes away, and then you choose your attack. Yeah.
2: Yes, I agree, yes. No, I've, I've played plenty of uh, D&D, actually, and stuff like that over the years.
0: You know what, Jay, uh, Jason R.J. McMaster, I am not surprised. Oh,
2: <laughs> I always play the Space Marine.
0: <laughs> uh, J. Dean, what level and class is your character? Uh, we have got, oh man, I should remember this
1: uh, My my character, let me tell you about my character I uh, I wanted to play against type a little bit So I've got a rogue, but he's also lawful good um, And he is a, a rogue, and he is a dwarf uh, and Those oh, three wow. elements kind of come together And I've been having fun with them
0: Okay, now here's the key question. This is what I really want to ask you, and I was just buttering you up to get you to this point. Your lawful good dwarven rogue, Yep. what's his name? Uh, oh, that's,
1: yeah. That's a great question. Um, I, I took it from the ancient uh, texts. I, I went with uh, Thufir, because that sounded to be like a good fantasy kind of name, and uh, Onyx Vane, because that's kind of, you know, you take two nouns, you smoosh them together, they have to do with rocks. Good name for a dwarf.
0: Thufir Onyx Vein. Yep, yep. I'm totally going to steal that next time I play an RPG. Hold on, I'm writing this down. Onyx All right, I hope that's not taken on whatever server I roll up my character. <laughs> All right, very good. J.D. in your game of the week, uh, Battleship Galaxies, and you are a bona fide D&D player.
1: Had to get that out there. Had to shrive that. Had to get that off my
0: chest. I'm glad you did. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jason R.J. McMaster, how are you going to top that?
2: uh um... That's a good question. I I don't know if I can. I'm just going to have to roll the punches. Um, My game this week is something that I've just kind of started playing, but I'm really impressed with. Mm -hmm. And that is Dead Rising 2 off the record.
0: Oh, can we talk about that? I want to know about that. Can we ask the
2: questions? Yeah. um, I have a sheet of things that I'm not allowed to talk about, of course. Oh, that's right. But I can talk about quite a bit of it.
1: So, yes. go into this sense, So, Dead Rising 2, I could have sworn that that is a sequel that's been out for a while. Am I wrong about that?
2: Right. Yeah, no. Dead Rising 2 came out, um, I want to say, a year ago, maybe two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, this is kind of a spinoff of it with the character from the original Dead Rising. But it adds a, a couple of, like, really cool points, one of which I can talk about and is probably the coolest thing I've seen. In the game is the new sandbox mode. Ah, oh, that's what I want to know about. You read my mind, Jason R. J. McMaster. <laughs> yeah, that you. Uh, as far as I can tell so far, you do not constantly lose health.
0: So wait, was uh, that was that something that they were going to do, or why? Why would no, you constantly lose health?
2: The original Dead Rising in unlimited play mode, you like would your health would drain all the time.
0: Oh, like to add a sense of urgency because you can't have a sandbox without a sense of urgency. Right, I guess. And uh, well, no, yeah. that makes a terrible sandbox. I mean, what kind of sandbox game is it where you're forced to go find health all the time? I know it's really awful. So uh, yeah, they
2: took that part out. It would appear. Um, but yeah, the sandbox mode is pretty fascinating. It just kind of drops you into the city. And as Frank, I've covered Wars West, and now you see real uh,
0: quick the city. But this is this is Fortune City. It's basically the same funny. map as Dead Rising Two, correct?
2: Right, a different storyline. For the most part, though, it is pretty similar towards the beginning. Um, but it is the same map with a, an added area, uh, with the, uh, classy name of Uranus Zone.
0: I don't get it. I don't understand. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: it, which is a sci-fi theme park. Um, and, yeah, but the sandbox mode, however, has no timer and, uh, it has challenges. Which are kind of cool. Now explain
0: um, these challenges. What, what, uh, why would I want to do one?
2: It gives you, let's see, medals uh, for people that really like, you know, collecting things. I don't know anybody like that or not collecting things, but uh, getting achievements and replaying things. Yep. Um, it gives you, yeah, the bronze, silver, gold medal. Kind of thing Like I know The first The first one That you dropped on You dropped off On a rooftop From a helicopter Uh Where Frank West Shouts that he's Going on vacation Um And he uh and the first challenge you come across is called the rooftop massacre. And the rooftop massacre gives you 30 seconds to kill as many zombies as possible. Uh bronze is 10 kills, silver is 20 and gold is 40. Mm-hmm. And uh of course, you know, you come back, redo it and all that. But uh more challenges unlock the more zombies you kill and you can just wander mm-hmm. through the city and all the all like the uh survivors you run into are kind of like crazy. And, uh, like you have so to he, fight them, you mean? Yeah, like the first guy I saw, it was kind of shocking. He's just like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Well, hello, friend." And he runs up and like punches me in the face, so I beat him to death with a wrench. But you know, that's. <laughs> but that's you're not <laughs> just... to,
0: so you're not trying to rescue them in the sandbox no. mode. There's no. I'm gonna assemble a band of survivors to travel with me, and I'm gonna rescue
2: Unless, them, right? unless you count helping them travel to that sweet by and by i would say no
1: <laughs> so um, it's a sad commentary about the zombie apocalypse and the class yeah, well, of society and all that you know isn't everything
2: a sad commentary about the zombie apocalypse there's ne- you know how many zombie movies are there where all of a sudden or shows or whatever all of a the sudden there's a zombie outbreak everybody's an asshole
0: you know uh, i i, well, I- that's most of them, but that's because that's part of the point of zombie movies. But there are exceptions, so you know. It's true, yeah. Shaun of the Dead. 28 weeks later.
2: Uh, the Omega Man. That's true, 28 weeks later. The Omega, yeah, the Omega Man. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. did
0: so. Well, so, uh, so the, there is then, even though it's a sandbox mode, it sounds like there's a sense of progression, that you want to kill a lot of zombies to unlock additional challenges.
2: Right, and what's cool about it is something that they tried in Dead Rising 2 that I don't think worked out as well as you'd hope, is that you you can link your campaign game and your sandbox mode game on one save. So like, if you want to play campaign, and I'm in slot one, I'll play it, and then once I quit out, I can come back and play sandbox on that same game, and it's the same character. And your progression counts across both, like right, your right. link and your money and everything.
0: So. Yeah, I would expect no less because that's part of that whole part of the whole concept of Dead Rising is that you've got character persistence outside of any story progression that you're doing.
2: Right, just that's like a Capcom thing, you know. Product, I mean, Same right. thing with Lost Planet and all that. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah. So it's just pretty fun, and if that's I think that's kind of a big value add, specifically for uh, fans of the Dead Rising games that just kind of want to screw around. Because that was one thing that, yeah, I mean the the time, you know, no timer mode in Dead Rising was fun, but it was it was just so completely hindered by the fact you constantly had to be finding something to heal yourself with. Right. And there were no challenges really. You were just kind of wandering around killing. Which you know, I mean, for some of us that's enough. But I understand other people that want fancy challenges um but uh it, it just i don't know it gives you the the freedom to explore and do whatever you like and that now, that really appeals to me
0: jason rj mcmaster of course the you mentioned that this is the character from the first dead rising frank west he has a very different profession than the character from the second dead rising chuck green chuck, yes. chuck green was just a douchebag motorcycle pilot uh yeah. frank west is a photographer and this is now part of the game correct Yes,
2: which is... Is that
0: a, on the list of stuff you can talk about, can't talk about? I believe
2: I can talk about that. Awesome. Um, yeah, there's... About the
0: photography, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, the photography is very similar to the original game. You don't have... As far as I can tell so far, I haven't had to get any batteries or anything, but I could just be missing it. Um You know, and it actually, in the campaign specifically, it's been playing a lot more of a part of the game than it was in the first one as well. Like, uh, you're actually doing some photojournalism work and not just, like, some jag-off, like, runs up and, like, challenges you to a photo contest in the middle of a zombie outbreak. I remember that, yeah. (laughs) it's like what the hell and then like yeah you're being like attacked by zombies he's like catch a great shot of my pose it's like you know go to hell you know (laughs) but um it's uh you know it's set during the basically the same timeline as uh the chuck green stuff um and yeah the the photography is interesting but it's it's just like the original uh in a lot of ways uh there's a lot of um you know, you can share photos and stuff like that and all that jazz. But
0: uh Oh good. Can you uh can you send some to my uh Xbox Live account then? I look forward to seeing what kind of pictures you've taken.
2: Sure. Well I can send some to your partner net account.
0: <laughs> all right, when when the game goes live though. Uh oh, sure, I, sure. I want to see some of your handiwork. Uh, now, are your pictures rated by their erotic value, among other things?
2: Oh yes. Yes, absolutely. That's the best part. Yeah, the uh god I forgot about the erotics. Yeah. Now, do you,
0: do you feel a little uncomfortable Jason R.J. McMaster being uh being congratulated basically for getting upskirt shots of zombies? Does that make you feel uncomfortable?
2: No, it makes me feel like that might actually happen. If there were a
0: zombie <laughs>
1: outbreak,
0: <laughs> it's that like so many things, it's a sad commentary on humanity. That's what the zombie apocalypse is about. Is really it really? Breaks
1: down propriety,
0: yeah. personal boundaries.
1: That's the just, whole uh, really.
0: don't, yeah, the whole "don't eat thy neighbor." That's all gone during a zombie yeah. apocalypse.
2: Pandemonium and upskirt shots
1: are always the first things. Right? I'm surprised that upskirt shots are actually something you, you're striving
0: for. You know what, I forget exactly how it works, but but for for serious, uh, J.D., when you take a picture, you're basically just freezing, you're you're getting a screenshot of what you're looking at. Uh, And then it'll, based on, like, the number of zombies in the shot or if somebody's being attacked, it'll give you a score based on categories like action or fear. And and one of the categories, if, like, there's zombie cleavage in it, uh, is definitely, like, how sexy the shot is supposed to be. It's a very very playful, tongue-in-cheek kind of innocent thing. Like, I don't... uh, I, yeah. I don't. Uh, it, it's not like a gross leering thing. It's definitely played for for humorous value.
2: Okay. Oh yeah, like you could get those shots in the first game by just like taking like you know down shirt uh, shots of like some of the like down the NPCs and stuff like that.
0: It's, it's oh, you mean just, on, on actual people. I didn't even try that. J- J- yeah. Jason J- a- R. J. McMaster, I am ashamed of you that you actually know <laughs> that.
2: So what if I have mirrors on my shoes?
0: <laughs> how does it? So I know you've also been playing another zombie game lately. How does after having played Dead Island, how does Dead Rising hold up? Because I have to admit, I think you and I are both huge fans of the combat model in Dead Island. I'm a little worried. Can I go back to Dead Rising too? Uh, how it's does that feel?
2: Just, it's completely different. You know, it's 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 very familiar. I'll say that. You know. It, Certain games make you feel like you fall into certain ruts, and there's I certainly have a rut for Dead Rising. You know the the whole, oh um, man, I've got to go over to this store. I'm gonna have to run, jump, kick, and swing weapons through uh, probably two, three hundred zombies. Okay. And sometimes it's gonna take some time, but at least I can put on some speedos and a crazy hat and a phone <laughs> finger to keep me entertained. <laughs>
0: Uh JD, without an Xbox 360, how are you meeting your zombie-killing needs these days? Ooh, um, well,
1: uh, yeah, just rewatch uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, which is not very interactive, but I can pretend.
0: Yeah, the gameplay in that in that one sucks.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. all
2: Ustar. Ustar has a Shaun of the Dead scene in it. What's U-Star. It's that weird like video camera thing that you put yourself in the movies. They're always, you know, at E three. Um, they they. So it's like, like a
1: like a karaoke booth except with video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and they have uh, the Shaun of the Dead scene, like right after the bar when they're walking home. and The guys like the zombies, like shouting at the end of the alley, and they're going like duh duh dick duh, you know, and stuff like that, uh, that.
0: That part, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. It sounds like some sort of connect shenanigans.
2: Oh, it is. It, it absolutely is. And the worst part is, is they're coming out with the Jersey Shore version uh, pretty soon. So I'm happy you can to put say yourself
0: that, in the Jersey Shore. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. I'm I I'm very proud to be able to say that.
1: Uh, so if you're proud to say it, I think you have an idea of what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you just totally outed yourself on
0: that. Ah, rats. Uh, so Jaden, do you? When's the last time you killed a zombie? Because oh. I know I know uh, Jason R J McMaster oh. and I have in the very near. We have very recently done our duty, just Tough above priority. and beyond. Yeah, over and above <laughs> and beyond what's called for us. All right. <laughs> When's the last okay. time you killed a zombie?
1: Uh, let's see. Definitely Demon Souls, but that was a while ago. Sure. Um, I, I re thanks to uh, Dufrane's game diaries about Jagged Alliance 2 and uh, mm. the mega mod with that, I tried putting that on and tried. Uh, they're kind of zombies. I mean, technically they're alive, but they're just brainwashed by the evil dictator. Um, so I tried killing a bunch of them, but then they they just massacred me. Um but otherwise Did you at least one of them? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Totally. Okay. Well then that yeah. counts.
1: Yeah, it was all until the counterattack from that first town that just wiped me out. So I must have taken down, I don't know, a mini horde. Um let's see. Otherwise other zombies, other zombies. Uh there aren't any zombies in Horde, the dragon game. Uh no, right? no. raid. There should be though.
2: Yeah. yeah be every game nice. should have them nowadays. I'm surprised they don't.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I played a game of uh, Munchkin with a zombie or two in it. Oh yeah,
2: Munchkin has zombies. Specifically, yeah. depending on the type of Munchkin.
0: It's a card game, right?
2: Yeah, right. that's a great card game. It's Steve Jackson.
0: You guys know what else has zombies? Uh, you What's know, I so? probably shouldn't say this. I think I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Gears of War three has zombies. I was
1: afraid that was going to be a your mother joke.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know if your mother has zombies. I, I, no, it, it does have zombies, though. I don't know. Am I? Is that not public knowledge? I don't think. Never mind.
1: Was that on the list of things <laughs> not to say? Uh, I because you don't want to let the the vast audience be spoiled by the existence of zombies in a, a military shoot 'em up.
0: You know what? It wasn't it, the the list was explain how they're there. You're not supposed to say that. But I think it's I yeah. There's zombies in freaking Gears of War three. But I don't mind that. By the way, I don't. I don't. I have no problem with that. When they showed up, I was, hey, cool. I kind of like Gears, like, maybe 3% better than I liked it before they showed up. So I'm all for that. But
2: So, yes, more zombies.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, so uh, those are our games of the week. One that I didn't care for. One that uh, Jason R.J. McMaster picked. One that isn't even out yet. <laughs> and J- October 11th. October 11th. Oh, right, because I was going to ask you, when can we play uh Dead Rising Two often.
2: Oh, route. and it's it's forty bucks too. It's not sixty, so that's
1: another nice <laughs> little appealing factor for. And is that a, a standalone, or is it just you need the full Dead Rising no, Two? No, it's, it's standalone.
0: Okay. Does it at all interact with my character in Dead Rising Two?
2: You know, I don't think so, but I I'm not terribly sure. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right.
0: Well, we'll find out October thirteenth.
1: Uh, and now I'm less confused because when you first said Dead Rising 2 off the record, I thought you meant I'm going to tell you some things about Dead Rising 2, but don't <laughs> tell anybody. I know I've
2: actually had that problem with a few people. It's like oh, I've been playing Dead Rising 2 off the record. They're like, well, why? It's been out for quite some time now. It's like, oh, <laughs> you could-
0: <laughs> sneaky, very sneaky. Uh, all right, uh, Jason R. J. McMaster, what should we do for our podcast next week? Um
2: I think we should probably have a news of the week, a post of the week and games of the week. I
0: like it. I like it very
2: much. Me too. I think that's a that's a lock.
0: Now, here's a question and JD, and I'm going to need your help ruling on this. So, we've decided you can't pick the same game of the week two weeks in a row. That's but so for for instance, could I pick a game of the week that I didn't pick last week but that I did pick the previous week?
1: Hmm. Now, that's a kind of moral and ethical conundrum, which is really between you and your God.
0: <laughs> I will pray on it. Very good. I,
1: I think that if I, I that probably is acceptable if there's enough new things to talk about. You're not rehashing all the stuff you talked about for hours in the previous podcast.
0: Well, I'm, I might avail myself of this, this potential loophole here, because I'm still wanting to talk about Dead Island. Uh, I know that you, Jason R.J. McMaster, got really tired of the sewers. Uh, yes. And I wanted to well, a task on that because I kind of like, as far as sewers go, I think they did a great job, as good a job as they could, making them interesting and giving them distinct kinds of areas. I like the sewers in Dead Island. I
2: don't think it's like specifically Dead Island sewers. I think it was just, I'm tired of sewers. Um, I Actually, you know, the problem, I, I like Dead Island quite a bit, but good God, Morrisby just ground me down.
0: Moresby Uh, is not there to be your friend. Moresby is a cruel
2: mistress. It is the unfriendliest area I've played the game in quite some time.
0: (laughs) Can I just tell you one of the things I like about Dead Island is it's not on this sort of linear progression of easy to cruel areas. Like the place you go after Moresby is really a breath of fresh air. Oh, it is. It really is. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I thought it was going to get worse, and I've got some breathing room. Thank you, game. <laughs> I oh, didn't yeah, no, think that... you were going to do this. I thought you were going to continue to beat me about the head and ears with the difficulty, and no.
2: <laughs> the last quarter of the game is super easy, comparable to the rest of it. I mean, I don't know if that was the intention, but, man, when I got to the last quarter of that game, I was like, man,
0: this is nothing. So yeah. is your review posted? Can we talk about what you what you gave Um you? I think it's going up tomorrow,
2: um, and yeah, I mean, I gave it a positive uh, score. I believe I gave it a B.
0: Wow, um, that's harsh, because that's like a 7.5 on the 7 to 9 scale.
2: You know, I I just didn't <laughs> feel right giving it like an A with the way my review went. I just kind of like, because I like it a lot, but I also understand why people have problems with
0: it. There's no right. doubt it. Uh, well, I mean, curiosity. I've, so, what what problems did you have? Like, what what did you feel were some of its drawbacks? You know, what maybe uh, we should save this for next week. <laughs> sure. No, either way. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so you'll have a review up on uh, on on Game Shark, Shark. Uh, yeah. and and you you hated it so much that you only gave it a B. You're saying.
2: Right, yes, I absolutely loathed it. No, I, it's just, God, the, I know you didn't have any technical problems, but, I mean, on the 360, I mean, I had so many weird issues.
0: Oh, that's one of the things I was wondering, because, you know, the the, the build that was initially released for the PC had some serious problems, and I'm guessing because the build has to go to certification for the 360 so much earlier, I, I was wondering, man, this has got to be an awful shape on the 360. Uh, so there were some issues on the, on the 360.
2: Yeah, I would die, and I would, like, one time, um, you know, spoilers, I guess, uh, to an extent, uh in the first area, there are all those bunkers, you know, everywhere. Like, I died once and was teleported into one of those, but I hadn't discovered it yet and couldn't get out.
0: Yeah, they, no, so, yeah, the yeah, there's some weird things with where you spawn after you die or load a game, that if it happens yeah. in a certain place, uh, and no, I didn't run into anything like that, but uh, there have been times where I was like, really, game? This is this is where you're going to put me. I'm going to be, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah,
2: no, I've certainly, uh, that's constant. Yeah, that's just a crazy issue, you know. And that, and I don't know if if the infected are supposed to be as angry as they are. Those are some angry guys, the infected. You would be too if you were infected with a zombie virus, because like good God, at playing a Sam B man, I got torn to pieces constantly by those guys
0: The infected are definitely uh yeah they're they're sort of once you've been dealing with this sort of slow, relatively tame walkers, you learn to listen for those infected.
2: Yeah. Well, right, it's just that like you know a couple of hits in that game just knocks you out yeah and that's it does not take much um but yeah that just I ran into a few bugs, and I know that playing as Sam B had a much more positive experience for me in the game than my friends did playing as like you know the knife girl and his perna and stuff because well sam B is a he's a little bit more suited towards survival,
0: he's sturdier.
2: Yeah and you know his weapons don't immediately get destroyed and he actually has weapons like now, <laughs> like perna
0: <laughs> Perna well I you know I'm pretty flush with firearms at this point like I I was well, so sure. glad to find a place where you could actually buy ammo like I think that's you know, these are kind of, you know, let's, let's table this till next week, even right. if it's, maybe yeah. it will be my game of the week. Who knows?
2: <laughs> yeah, mine will probably be Gears 3, since that's what I'll be doing with every second after it comes. I,
0: I seriously cannot wait to hear what you think of Gears 3. I mean, I, I'm going to, you are going to be sort of my Gears 3 Obi-Wan, and I'll want to know what you, what you think. Of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dean, has anything that we've said about Dead Island make you... Think that you should be playing this game?
1: Well, you've definitely convinced me to put it off a year or two until all the bugs are patched out. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for that.
0: Uh, as long as you play on the PC, you should be okay. All right. Uh, yeah,
2: I've heard the PCs. I mean, that's. I would have liked to have played it there, but the three sixty is well, always I, a thing.
0: Some folks have had problems with the, the PC version. I don't. I don't want to minimize that, but it's. It's been really stable for me. I've had no problems with the multiplayer. Uh, and you know there are the the things that I run into like are there are some like maybe animation glitches you'll run into, or there are some weird things like with the interface for the weapons, like I wouldn't call them Well
2: better. yeah, that's just crap. The, the weapon interface is pretty bizarre.
0: It is bizarre, yeah, and I think there's a bit of a learning curve there, and there are times where I've been convinced that it ate one of my weapons, and it was broken, but it just turns out that I unequipped it, or I threw it and didn't pick it up, or... yeah, the throwing, (laughs) ugh. The throwing has its own disadvantages, yeah, like, it's sort of like... like here's your awesome inventory, now fling it out into the open world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Find it if you miss. Uh, yeah. But one of the cool things is I kind of like the physics of it, in that if you throw an edged weapon, a knife, it will stick into the zombie. If you oh, throw yeah. your mace, it's going to bounce off of him, and you're going to have to go hunting around in the grass to figure out where it went to.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that's just kind of, that's, that's part of, I don't know about game balance, but that's part of what makes the characters distinct, is that, like I said last week, everyone hates Logan because he's always running around looking for you know where his mace went, baton, or his his piranha hammer upgrade or whatever. Yeah, so
2: yeah, man, I tell you, I uh, I like the game quite a bit, but God, Morrisby, oh God,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get over Morrisby? I don't know. Does anyone ever get over Morrisby? Were you in the shit? <laughs> I was in the shed. I was in Moresby. We'll always have Moresby, Jason J. McMaster. Yes, we will. All right, so uh, next week we will be doing a game of the week, a news post, uh, a post of the week, and a news story of the week. J. Dean, thank you so much for hanging out, and I, I appreciate you indulging our console kitty talk.
1: <laughs> it's really been a joy and a pleasure, and I've had a great time hanging out with you all. Yeah, thanks, man.
0: Uh, Battleship Galaxies, so thumbs up,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I may discard it uh, after exhausting the limited gameplay I determined to find later. But right now, it seems totally awesome with lots of Realm for expansions and and changing the rules, variant rules. Um, so so far, two thumbs up for that.
0: All right, Good. And we will be seeing you in Planet Side, and uh, we will all be waiting with bated breath to find out whether or not Syndicate sucks.
1: Yes. Hoping it doesn't, but we'll see.
0: All right. Yeah. Alright, well thank you for hanging out uh, Everyone listening, thank you also for hanging out I think, by the way, this is a record For longest podcast we ever recovered J. Dean, yeah. you can put that on your resume That will, get, that will open doors for you
1: uh, My grandparents will be so proud Thank <laughs> you all of, their, uh, all of you out there In Radioland, I really appreciate it <laughs> and, Keep uh, watching the skies
0: For <laughs> me and uh, Jason R.J. McMaster uh, Thank you And we will see you next week And Jason, real quick, what does the R.J. stand for? Uh, really jaunty. I was thinking more like real jam. Real jam? That's kind of scary. Like a (laughs) like a jam filling. Yeah, that is kind of that's (laughs) kind of. I shouldn't have said that. I'm taking. Yeah. hit the yeah ladies the you with like you off with the your i I feel bad Eminem was just making fun of people with Parkinson's disease